Welcome to Facehammer. This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer. I am Russ, the Face Veal. I am joined by Byron is now cold enough to wear pants, Ord, and Terry likes to wear the gimp mask when he records Pike. Allegedly. But I'm not actually wearing one. Just ruin it. Keeping this one clean then. I did actually have to get changed to podcasts though. Uh, I have I have podcasting clothes. Nobody wants to know what you're wearing. That you're Tra- just stop this bombs. right now. Stop this right now. No one cares. You gotta be comfortable. <sighs> right. Some people, we're here. some people are too comfortable. Yeah. Maybe a little too comfortable. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> Combat gauges are on. Mm, currently not. No. No. We better stop and come back. We'll let's take a short break there where we get our combat gauges on. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> we haven't actually done that. I know. It's the, the joy of radio. I can put a break in there and you'll think we've gone away and, and especially got our combat gauges. A break and some going down the stair yeah. noises. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. the elevator music. Or, or not in my case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah. We used to do that, didn't we? Yeah, we did have elevator music for a couple back when I was editing the show. Oh, yeah. There you go. Like a year ago. <laughs> no, we haven't been going a year. Masters will be a year, so yeah. January. Exactly. There you go. We'll have to do something special. <laughs> what, you mean? I don't know. Burn off 7th edition books? I don't know. 8th edition. That too. Which are available to buy digitally again. Are they really? Everything. Yeah, yeah, they come yeah. back on Black Library yesterday. Ooh. Is available to buy. Is that a GW going? Maybe. No, I think it's to do with um, iTunes have to offer um, content that you've paid for. So <laughs> if you've bought the 8th edition book, you have to make it available so that they can buy it again or download it again because they've already paid for it. So GW had to make it available. Okay. So, yeah. Bit of knowledge, maybe. And they can make money. Wow. The thing I is, guess. all that's going to do is fuel all the haters. Yeah, it well, has even been. even GW won't let go of the of the best edition of Warhammer. Yeah, it's been it's been on Twitter yes, yesterday and today. Uh, people were going on it. about how GW have admitted failure and re-released Eighth. <laughs> admitted failure. Yeah, <laughs> they'll never admit failure. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens. They'll never admit it. <laughs> like, no. no, for the emperor. That's what. So- They'll they just all, release they AOS point Marines. two. They they won't even do that. They they'll just be like, no, it's great. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's 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 bit... <sighs> anyway. Yeah. So um, what are we doing then? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about new releases. So, well, I don't know if we can call it a new release. A repackage. A re a repackage release. A, a repackages. Repackaging and nice artwork in a book. Yeah. Another book. Yep. Battle Tome Seraphon. I'm actually pumped for the Demon I one am. when it comes. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say the Elizabeth one. Fuck off, you demons! Is all you talk I'm about for the demon one. Jesus Christ! I'm actually quite. I'm actually quite looking forward to getting my hands on this book. Actually, yeah, it'll be I, a nice look. I think it will. It just helps round out the fluff, really. I think it's interesting. They're not like redoing the models. They they're like they're just the same. I kind of guessed they would do that because why would you basically throw away all that tooling that you've made and yeah. Because some of the kits are new. Ripodactyl, Pterodon. Yeah, and to be honest, Tro- I, Troglodon. I think they look quite good, especially in the new, on the browns with the new paint scheme. Yeah, they do. There's more stuff that's available now as well, though. So I'm, I am one of the retailers. There were some really weird things we couldn't get. So it's nice to be able to offer more of the range. That's probably because they were repackaging it with rounds. And they didn't want to make any more with squares. Is they? it fine cast stuff? No, although... No, I don't think there's any in the range, is it? No, interestingly, um, some of the some of the older plastics, the amazing clan packs, have become uh, direct only recently, and now some of them are out of stock. And there might be a trend, or it could be speculation, that it's a lot of the people who've got their feet joined to their bases, where they can't just change it onto a round base. So, the yeah. Savage Orc Big Boss, for example, is yeah, unavailable because they all come with sculpted bases, don't they? Well, he's, it really annoyed me when I. Got that kit because it's just such a stupid thing to do. Yeah, is the, the um his toes are attached to the rock on his base. Yeah, the plague bear uh, herald dude, the Nurgle herald, his like guts and stuff are attached to a bit of plastic, but that sticks onto the base. It's not actually sculpted to the base. Yeah, yes. but some actually have like like this the chaos sorcerer dude comes with a, a sculpted. Yeah. Square base on the sprue, so they're gonna have to take that off, aren't they? Yeah, and the um, don't his feet aren't like part of his toes or feet on the sp- nah. on that base. Nah, maybe the inch one. I'm talking about the other dude. Ah, uh, right. The um, because it's like a sp- the skink two, wasn't the skink it? priest on it as well. His little rock wasn't that part of the base. Uh, Is that one of them? I don't know. Yeah, but he's... I think so. A few of them have a few of them have involved it. Um, the one, the one that the skink priest now is he's on a. He stood on like a little um, little rock a little thing rock. on a round. Oh, that's separate to oh, the base. Actually, then. if you look in the sprue, interested on the website, it's still got the square base on the sprue. Yeah. So it's just that the rock he stood on, you just, I don't know, they're going to come with a round? Stick it to something else, very possibly. It says it comes with one Citadel 25mm round base. But the sprue still shows, the picture of the sprue still shows the square base. Yeah. Weird. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, they they made some of these brews not that long ago. They must have known what they were planning on doing and what was coming, and they made a fixed brew with a fixed base anyway. So, um, yeah, bit strange. A bit of an oversight, but maybe they just don't care because they're like, "Where does this base? Yeah, we'll just put a round in and you bases just don't do matter, do they? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, they, they do. They do, they, yeah, because rounds look really do. cool. Um, and interestingly enough. Saurus, what size base are on? 32 mils. Yeah. Like Necron Warriors and Space Marines. And do you know what's interesting about that? If you measure to bases, what's the reach of a Temple Guard or a Saurus Warrior? One inch. inch. How big's 32? One inch. Oh my god. Yeah, so your second effective rank of models can't, can't ever fight. But you'd say that you probably could because it should be measured to the model so you should be yeah. able to um measure <clears throat> to their pointy bits yeah have their arms outstretched no I think I think uh, we've been, me and Dan have been talking about this for South Coast that we're gonna we're gonna do to bases but we want to encourage people to use the correct sizes 
you won't get penalised for not doing it, but we're not. We're going to basically try and um, make like a generic rule for bases and reach, rather than oh, is it actually in an inch or not? It's just a simpler way of doing it. I remember when yeah. I played Saga, um, the guys there, there's like, there's like, oh, well, if you're in this and you can reach here, they basically just said if you're a cav, you, know, you just basically said you can fight over like two bases or one base if it's a cavalry base. It's, like it's just simple. Systematic line of sight, but for reach. Yes, so it's just simplistic, um, like a, just a set of generic guidelines, really. Um, and I think the, the, the whole point is we don't want people modelling for advantage. So it'll be measured to bases, and we don't want people going. Well, let's have model, like measured to models, have models with their arms sticking out, and all that kind of rubbish. Yeah, and, plague drones on twenty-five mil round bases. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, we want people to use appropriate bases. Yeah. So we don't want to, like, see treatment with a twenty-five under each foot and shit like that. Yeah, because that shit should just be removed from the event if anything like that happens. Well, we wouldn't allow it. So, so ice skating, yeah. But we're we're not going to go exclusive rounds, um, just because we don't want to have a barrier to entry. No, because we think the South Coast probably a good event for people who haven't really played AOS to actually get into it. Dip the toes in. So they might just yeah. We kind of want to say, well, if you've played Eighth, Ninth, or Kings of whatever, um, then you've got um, you know got models on round on square bases. Don't have to rebase in the fit. You've already got an army. Just come along and have, give it a go. It'll be a laugh. There'll be lots of people there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, but anyway, that's um, the Seraphim. So, Seraphim, Seraphon, whatever. Yeah. Um, really nice artwork in the middle of White Dwarf, if anyone's got it. <coughs> um, no, I haven't. Is it going to come with a model or something, or is that next one? No, oh, so it's coming with badge, isn't it? It comes with a badge. Oh, does it? A little um, Smurf badge. Smurf? Ultramarines. What? Why does it come with an Ultramarine badge? Heresy? What? The one coming out this weekend? Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I yeah, thought it was coming in the model. I've, yeah, I, I, thought... I, I, oh. I got excited and thought it was, but the internet has, has apparently Computer. fairly reliably said <laughs> The internet shit with, on your dreams. <laughs> yep. Yeah, said it's coming with a badge, so we'll, we'll see yeah. how that one goes. Oh, that's not very fun. Yeah. Oh. I don't, um, I don't currently get White Dwarf. I keep thinking about subscribing, but then... I yeah. prefer Warhammer Visions. I think that's been really good recently, actually, since it got big. Um, uh, I do really like the fact that they've actually gone to like a proper like magazine size, as opposed to like the A5 bullshit they were doing for a while. I worry what's happened now they changed Golden Demon, though, because the, the thing that made it good was that there was just at least a third of the magazine devoted to really high-quality pictures with little interesting tidbits um, of uh, finalists and winners from Golden Deem that lasted three months and it was brilliant, really, really good to look through and some some fairly decent hobby articles as well not like female porn but um, they don't really, do they really right. put any pictures of like the Golden, because wasn't it like Space Marine Golden Demon recently or something? Uh, they were still going on stuff from the last Golden Demon, um, so that's why I said I'm a bit worried what they'll do now um, although, I, to, be, to be fair, I don't care whether it's Space Marines or No, but I just went, is there any way you could actually go and see the entrance or anything on the web? Or? Yes, but it's harder to find than it used to be. Um, well, D- DemonWinner.fr used to be the 
the website to go to check for like historical golden demons since forever. Is that um, not being updated anymore? I'm not sure. Um, is it still called Golden Demon? No, it's called Warhammer Fest, isn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, that was Games Day. It's still called yeah. Golden Demon, isn't it? Oh, I, I can't even remember. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because the recent one's been Space Marines, hasn't it? Yeah, they're yep. not doing an overall Golden Demon anymore, are they? No. They're doing category-specific, like, tanks and Marines. Yeah. And, so, today, they? Well, they, they, weren't, they weren't very rigid with the Space Marine bit. Um, you're allowed like, yeah, one out of every five of people to not be one, which... Yeah, you, you could basically do some really wacky not stuff, couldn't you? Golden Demon Space Marines, October 18th, 2015, as part of the Warhammer 40k Open Day. Is what it was. Apparently. That's it. Yeah. So there. I'm well. Apparently, you can still buy a ticket for it, even though it's finished. It's <laughs> <Great. laughs> so on the Warhammer World website. You should buy one and see what happens. <laughs> probably, probably just take your money. <laughs> it's just be like, yeah, cheers, cheers. Um, yeah, I don't know because I'm. The reason I'm interested is because I heard that the guy I used to work with, Adrian Waters, finally won in one of his Golden Demons, so uh, he was quite happy about that. He texted one of my friends last week. Um, I haven't, haven't spoken to him for years. We actually thought he might uh, he might not be around anymore, but um, yeah, he's still uh, still still painting, so I'm quite interested to see his entry, but I don't know where you'd actually go and look for it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So while we're talking about the Seraphon thing, did you actually want to talk about something else they've done with the rules for that, or um, what you mean? The, spe- just really the special character thing? Yeah, taking all the special character names out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, what I'm really interested to see is if there's any new units in the in the tome. Um, didn't someone have a copy on Twitter and said that there was nothing new in it? I don't. I'm, I'm not be surprised. So. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure there was no new entries in it. There was new formations. Yeah, there'll probably be new formations, and there'll be and some missions like campaign things. Um, But yeah, I don't think there was any new unit (sighs) entries. Mm, Possibly they did. They did change some war scrolls as well, though. Yeah, I thought they probably changed some of the rules. They took some special rules away from like the skinks. Yeah, and they all the character skinks, and then they obviously renamed all the heroes to generic, just you know, skink hero dude. Which I kind of like and don't like. I I like it. I like the fact that they're not... They're just... You know, if you want to play... Those characters are... You know, they're gone really, aren't they? Let's let's face it. If you want to play those characters, then you can still play them. But I like the fact that it's just like... It's a skink star seer now. It's not Tetra Echo. Yeah. You know, it's an Eternity Warden. It's not Chakax or whatever. Yeah. How good is a Tetra model? Or should I say the Starseer model? Yeah, I wonder if wonder if when they repackaged it, they changed the name of it. Probably. But then that was a Finecast one, so they might not have repackaged it. Uh, I think so, because they've repackaged it with a base, round base. Oh, okay, maybe so, they have renamed it then. Um, Be interesting. I'll have a look on the website, actually. Well, it's renamed on the website. Oh, it is? I'm looking at it now, yeah. It's called Skink Starseer on the website. Oh. Yeah. Can you see a picture of the box? Does it say... There's no picture of the box, no. Oh. I, guess, I guess they'll be in the new packaging with round bases. I would assume so, yeah. Um, it kind of makes sense why a lot of the Lizard and box sets were disappearing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, you got your um, your Bentilodons are still there, aren't they? So Bentilodons, yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, skink stars here. Yeah, that's cool. There you go. Well, we'll, we'll probably um, I'll probably pick that book up and have a look at it. I have got the corn battle tome and actually quite like it. I haven't really read it, but it's um, I flick through it and it looks quite cool. So. Have you ever seen the Teto model on the table? No, not properly. I've seen, I've seen like the palaquin line on its side on a base (laughs) with like, um, (laughs) with no skin balanced on it, it, or I've seen like a a, a frog on a on like a slans, um, palaquin or you know some combination. I don't think I've ever seen the Teto Echo painted on a base. Yeah, I don't think I have. It's a bit like really. I don't see that very often. Um, I had it for a while. Yeah, Um, like Johnson's got one, like the actual official The problem with the Blue Scribes is they're so flimsy. Can you remember what happened at the Bristol event? Yeah, yeah. When I dropped it and he just exploded into like 20 pieces. Yep. So... We're asking for trouble. Yeah, the little quills and stuff and the little pots of ink. They just fucking flew all over the place when it broke. But never mind. Sad times. (laughs) Yeah, so that's it. New releases. Yeah, new releases. There you go. So not, not really. Not, yeah, not really changing that much. Really new, but worth a mention, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what else are we going to talk about? Blood and Glory, I guess. Just a little update. So in the last show, we didn't know if Ben was going to use his scenarios or clash scenarios. Clash scenarios been confirmed. Yeah. Um, terrain you can bring like cool Warhammer terrain. Those restrictions. Show your boots now, isn't it? Say what you like. Yeah, and um, he even said like if you want to use more than the four pieces each, you can as long as your opponent's cool with it. Yeah, so you could have some really interesting looking tables if if people take some you know cool I stuff. I like that. With them. It fits the ethos of the event. Yeah, I just didn't see the point of having a restriction on it really. So no, it's um it's good. Um. I think as well there's been a few people grumbling about how low the ticket sales are for Blood and Glory and the usual haters going oh it must mean Age of Sigmar's rubbish and it's a flop it doesn't mean that all it means is that people are busy it was short notice it hasn't really been promoted it's not had the, the publicity well it's not, it's not had the hype it's not, not had the publicity yes yeah, exactly. and also the fact is that a lot of people have moved away from what they're doing you know in the game so um, yeah yeah it's just one of those things I don't think it's um, you know I don't think it's it's a problem with Age of Sigma you will you will see uh, a drop off on attendance because that that happens anyway I mean it happened between 7th and 8th but yeah. obviously 7th and 8th change it wasn't it was big but it wasn't as big as what's happened now obviously um, people don't have yeah. to build new armies in the same way and even if they are saying you're allowed to take any base size you want or anything like that, still a lot of people will want to turn up with things done properly in inverted commas. Yeah, I mean, so, that, that's I do. I don't want to go with, you know, like one of my armies just chucked on the table. And I think Age of Sigmar is appealing more to the hobby gamer than the gamer gamer. Yeah. If that makes sense. Which makes yeah. short notice a worse thing. Well, to be honest, I, I'm quite, quite happy, glad about that. I mean, you still get the gaming side, but I quite like the fact it's shifted more to a a more complete hobby experience rather than just gaming. So, 
Yeah. Hopefully people will embrace that and use it as an excuse to... It'll still be a cracking event. Always is. Oh, it will be, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, so I've, I'm still plowing on with my army. So hopefully, what I'll say to you, if you're sitting on the fence or not sure, grab a ticket, go ahead, and there's more incentive now because all the side oh. events are now free if you buy a main ticket, so... Three days of gaming. For yeah. yeah. Like 30 odd quid. You could play mm-hmm. two tournaments on this Friday, one on Saturday night, and Decent one across two days. always there as well. Yeah. It'd be a good laugh. It'd be nice armies there to look at. It'd be fun. And even if it's 30 players, that's still good. I mean, I remember going to events. That was the norm back when I started in, like, 6th edition. Yeah, the, I know... Some um, of the events I've been to with low attendance, but everyone there being in the right the right frame of mind have been some of the best events I've been to. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I was going to say, when I started 8th edition tournaments, the average size was only sort of the big ones were hitting up to sort of 60. That's when the, the rankings changed up to a hundred points for a 60 man event when they started getting bigger. Um, that's about when I started playing then. So the, I think the tournaments weren't always 60, 50 or 60. Yeah. They weren't all, you know, 90, 100, 200, like we got used to at the end of eight. No, it no. had to, it built up. I mean like the original first South coast we ran, which was seventh edition was um, uh, 80 people. And then at the end of 8th, we were on 196, I think. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it all it comes in ebbs and flows, but I'm sure there'll be there'll be people getting back into it or, or playing the, the sort of the Cheltenham lot are definitely all up in Age of Sigmar's grill, so to speak. Yeah, so. it, it'll take some time. New people will be joining the hobby, so... Yeah, so hopefully if you're listening to this, go to Blood and Glory. I know it's short notice, but... Yeah, if you sit on the fence, is it? Do it. I think quite a few more people have said recently, in the last week or so, they're actually interested in trying to free up the time or make space or whatever. I saw a yeah. couple more people jump on for the full event who were just going to be turning up on the Friday uh, yeah. recently. I'm trying to work on Tom Wardsley as well. Um, just so um, just know for the ketchup. <laughs> I reckon the event will probably be a good 40 people by the end of it. Yeah, I think so. So, um, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be a laugh. I think um, I'm just looking forward to hanging out and yeah. playing some games. It'll it's a good, good list of players as well. Like, there's not a name on there where you go, hmm, well, well, rather than you. mine. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, other than me, there's not really anyone yeah, on there. Everyone else, else, everyone else is like, oh, that dickhead's going. Yeah. That the fucking the hate is man hobby. well you know just people like that I'll pay him do I yeah I know I, I get some bad stick but I'm no, actually, a, real, I'm actually a really nice person to play <laughs> you know the fact you have to you actually say you have to sound that off doesn't doesn't help you uh, I've never given anyone a bad game that I know of so. <laughs> <laughs> they've not come towards me and said that was a shit game so no, just behind your back. Yeah. Well, that's their fault then, isn't it? <laughs> if they can't fucking grow a pair and come and tell me to my face, then... Oh, oh, oh in that case, then, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think it's quite um, quite a good list of people, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, Chris Legg, so I see his name's on there now. Oh, really? Yeah. Chris Legg, Tony Moore, Nigel, Byron. They've been added recently, I think. I think Byron was already on there. I think you were the last player on the list, were you? Or 
don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's got a few more join. It should be, it should be good fun. Well, if Leggy's there, I mean, you've at least you got someone to hold your hair back in the loo with the, the Indian. <laughs> or yeah. just take a when picture you, when you end times drunk. Take a picture. That's the same thing. Well, it's thing, not the end it? times anymore. Yeah, so. but he, he's got to recreate last year's. He'll be a new, a new stage of drunk this time. <laughs> be AOS drunk. You'll be I realm drunk. Think... Realm <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I don't think I could get more. Much more drunk than I was last time. Got to the realm of alcohol. <laughs> Sigma, help me. So, on the subject of the realms and Age of Sigma, what have you been paying? Uh, well, yeah, models. <laughs> um, so I've been prepping for Blood and Glory. Um, so I've basically rebased my elves. So I've made a load of realm bases. Um, Right. Some fun pinning as well. Yeah. Um, so I took some. What I've done is the old models were on wheels paving, um, like just cut to shape of the base with some static grass and dirt grit on it, painted. I'd say just blended and stuff. Um, and then what I've done is I've basically taken uh, wheels York paving, cut out sections, and then filled around it with like sand. And I've got some of the ski bore uh, lion head basing kit things just for like the bigger bases and to put the pins for the um, uh, eagles and the phoenix because I, when I built my phoenix I was like uh, this flying stand thing isn't going to work um, and I don't like the fact it's at the back of the model it seems really front heavy it is in a weird spot so I basically I just filled that in with green stuff and drilled a hole in its chest and just put right, a pin in, in middle, where it's yeah, actually balanced. where it's balanced. Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah where, where the pin should really be. <laughs> yeah. So, and then yeah. for the base, I drilled that through a resin lion head all the way through to the base. Um, and I'm going to put some tufts. I haven't decided which colour, shape, design, company's tufts I'm using. I'm probably going to go with Battlefields, um, either Highland or Winter. I haven't decided yet. Um, but yeah, I rebased all my elves. I really think they look really nice. Um, uh, you know, just just makes a lot of difference. I don't know why they just look better on rounds. Yeah, I, I think they just there's more base for the model because the, the twenty mil squares they the sort of the models their feet are hanging over the tops and yeah, white lions and phoenix guard did not really fit on them very well. No, I mean like the swordmasters, they're basically the feet are on the edges of the bases. Um, so I've basically got them on on 25 mil rounds. Um, I've put my characters on 32 mil rounds. I've got my rebase my dragon princes. I noticed that the I've got like um, pennants on their spears that I made out of red ball cans, um, and some of the paints come off of that. So I have to repaint that. Um, got a bolt throwers rebase shadow warriors. I haven't rebased my plastic. Um, Sea guard conversions yet because I'm probably not going to run them, but it depends on my painting time because um, they look nice. Yeah, they do look cool because they they're basically they were designed that when they rank up, you've got like a kneeling down shield wall of spearmen and bowmen behind. Um, but obviously with rounds, you could literally like set them up so they they they'll they look cool. like look really cool. So I'm like, oh, that would look really nice. Um, but yeah, I've got um. The Eagles rebased. I've got to do touch up a few chips, bits and bobs. Um, so have you found matching paints? Because things have changed, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is. I'll get onto this. So I'll talk about painting my Phoenix Guard because it's been a bit of a mission. Um, probably it's a, another segue. 
onto that. But um, yeah, when I painted this army originally, it was when I was basically well made redundant from my job when I worked in the wargaming industry for a small company based in Swindon, and then I I was looking for work for about two and a half months, three months, and I painted a commission high elf army. And then I went, oh, quite enjoyed painting that, other than it was blue and white. Um, and then I went, I'll paint my own one, and I did it purple and cream. And it was the first army that I felt I'd done to a high standard, and it was the first army I picked up awards with. Um, very narrowly missed out on a a uh, uh, Throne of Skulls best painted um, by on one vote. hippos or some shit, was it? No, it was to a Empire Army that had guys on bicycles with spinning blades. Oh, fucking hell. It was a flagellant unit, but it was two, like, 52mm scale guys on cycle on bicycles. And then their legs moved, and then as their legs moved, the flail span on the corners of the unit. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it was quite nice, but... It kind Your of... Leg. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell if that's cool or not. Like It wasn't cool. No. The the thing is, what he had is he had a load of old classic models painted in Avalon's scheme quite nice. It's named Scott, American guy. Nice guy, don't take anything away from him. He probably deserved to win the painting prize anyway. But I just it just seemed unnecessary to have something like that in the army. Just don't need a, don't need the gimmick. Just get, just get yeah. painted stuff well. Yeah, exactly. Um so I missed out I think it was by one vote and it was my own. Um at that stage, which was kind of the, I think, the reason why I stopped voting in painting competitions um, when I was in contention, but I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the sort of the, the army I did. The next army I did after that was my warriors, my black warriors. So basically, that's my, yeah, that was my first sort of high level army, I would say, my for my first massive step up in terms of painting ability. I'm still working on mine. <laughs> yeah, ten My years first later. Finished army. Um, no army's really finished. Finished. No. There's still more. I've still got stuff for my warriors that I haven't painted. Um, yeah. So basically, I decided I'll, I'll rebase these guys. Take these, as, as I said in the last show. I think I, I don't think in the last show I, was, I wasn't sure what I was doing, but I think you're on the fence with your yeah. Whether um, you're just going to rebase something or yeah, I can't remember. But um, yeah, so I've. In terms of what I have to do for Blood and Glory, or have to, in inverted brackets, um, I bought some Phoenix Guard on eBay. So I got the old metal Phoenix Guard. Um, quite a good deal, fit the same style as the other models. Um, they turned up, built all those, um, started painting those. Got ten on the go, which almost finished. Um, now, they were been a bit of a chore to start with because I had to basically recreate the old effects because when I painted the army GW didn't have washes they had inks and I think they just released Commando Karkin Graveyard Earth as like a, a splash release of colours um, probably a few maybe like a year or two years before that because wasn't the old flesh wash actually just an ink because you had armor uh, wash yeah, and flesh were... wash in the hexagonal pots, but they were actually just inks, weren't they? Oh, this was after that. This, these weren't they weren't the hex pots. I think they were the flip lid hex pots. I don't, I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the the rubber topped hex ones. Goes back a long time, but actually, I think Graveyard Earth's been out a while because I think that came out with the Cadians 
anyway. And that was when I first started the Games Workshop. But anywho, um, yeah, so basically I I had to recreate the sort of the depth of shading you get with inks, which luckily um, Scale 75 had just come into stock at Elements, so... It's everywhere. Yeah, I picked up um, the ink intensity set and also the full scale colour collection, and I bought a lot of the metallics individually. Um, and to paint my high elves, I've used all the scale colour metallics and inks. Um, and yeah, pretty close. I really. The metallics are quite good. I find that. I mean, we'll talk about scale colour in a bit, I think, anyway, so I'll probably stop talking about it there, maybe. Or shall I just carry on? No, let's segue into it and then that can segue. Then we can loop back, loop back round afterwards. Sure. Okay. Um, so I found that the, the bit straight, like basically they're in dropper bottles. Um, I find they separate really easily. You've got like, to shake them. You've got what? to really shake them at the beginning before you use them. Um, and I mean like, not just, I'll oh, give it a quick shake. You mean to, you really have to shake them. Um, also, all the bottles are basically sealed. So you've got a punch of the little hole in the top of the dropper bottle. So what I did is I took a drill bit and reversed it um, to punch them, but you've got to be a little bit careful if you're doing, like, metallics, don't then punch, like, another colour, like an ink, because <laughs> you might end up with metallic inks and stuff. So you've got to be a little bit careful, don't contaminate. I think if you paint. use a 1.5 drill bit, that's about perfect. That's what I, I borrowed one of my housemates, yeah. and that's what I've been using to... Uh, drill into mine, it's worked really, really well actually. I literally I like... just got my pin vice, turned the drill bit round and I just push it in. I don't even drill it, I just push it yeah, through. Because okay. it's not that strong a seal, okay. you can just push it through. I like that you receive paints and there's no leaking anywhere. Like that's. I did have a leak. <laughs> because although they're sealed at the top, the actual Red the head. actual nipple nozzle bit is pushed into the top of the bottle. If you've ever bought like the ones off eBay, you'll know what I mean. Yep. You get like the nozzle bit pushes into like a screw top. That bit there leaked on one of my paints, and it's only because the paint is so full of paint, like they're literally full to the brim. They are rammed. It's yeah. like it's not like you know you Vallejo and stuff where there's a bit of room for you know the actual to shake it. To shake it. They are literally, I mean, like literally one of them I pierced it, and then the medium was coming out the top. Mm-hmm. The, the the whole bottle is paint. There's no, you do. I, I I'm sure you get more than 17 milliliters in those bottles. Yeah, they are rammed full. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. It's a bit bizarre, but um, not going to complain about getting too much, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I um I used the metallics, and the coverage is pretty good. I found that they're almost they they kind of have a very thin coverage. Like, if you put them on, like, if you just take them straight out of the bottle, they'll be thinner than a normal equivalent. Um, cause they're almost like pre-glaze mediumed, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, that's probably know, why the bottle's full. Cause they've they're got a, pre, they're pre-thinned. They're a, they're a technical range. I found this, like, they're not, the inks are just strong as fuck and that's what they do. Um, but the rest of the range definitely takes a little bit of, adjusting to and getting used to. I was told this by the people who recommended them to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I, I found that you had to do two passes. Yes. But that, to be honest, you should be doing that anyway with normal paint. You shouldn't be putting on a thick layer, you should be putting on too thin. Yeah. And and it, it kind of forces you that way a little bit. Um, I found that the metallics 
I really like some of the metallic highlight colours because they're basically they're like metallics with like a little touch of like white or cream or something in it so they're nuanced. They're almost like how I highlight metallics because I tend to put normal paint in with them. Um, they have quite a nice like luminosity to them as well but you kind of have to put several coats on. Like, I Basically what I did with my metallics on my Phoenix Guard is I used um, and apologise for the names I think it was heavy metal <laughs> uh, I think it was black metal heavy metal then speed metal yeah. Uh, yeah. The left out thrash metal then. No, there is a thrash metal. It's yep. just a greeny, dirty colour. Because yep. it's not, it's not as clean. Um, and I basically, then I used the blue and black ink mix, um, quite heavily watered down because the, the blue is exceptionally strong. Oh god, it's ridiculous. When I made my turquoise, I ended up doing a 1 to 4 ratio, I think, or 1 to 3, yeah. just to get what looked like a 50-50. I think I literally put like 5 drops of black and like half a drop of blue in. It's crazy. It it's was good. It, it, well, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a bit disappointed with the inks, actually. Oh, um, I think the... And I mean that, basically, that it's more the shades. Like, I don't like the ink tense wood... I would rather that was just a dark brown ink, but it it's looks not. a bit Nurgle, doesn't it? It's it got like a yellowy colour in it. Yep. Because this is something I've really struggled with trying to repaint my high house because I use a lot of brown ink, but I don't have a brown ink, so I've been kind of using Agrax Earthshade, but the washes don't really interact the same way. No. So I've, I've, I've kind of been trying to sort of make an ink but I, I haven't got a dark the, this sort of the old GW dark brown ink was one of my favourite colours just, just get on eBay and get some chestnut ink yeah but that's too red yeah I know <laughs> and the chestnut ink from the scale set's fine it's just the the dark brown one is is just too yellowy yeah. um, it's because it's, it's like I understand why it's designed for wood so it's meant to make it rich but it it kind of doesn't do it for me. I they're haven't all, used the purple They're all yet. really rich. A lot of them have got nuances in them. The the red has got a little bit towards purple, and they're, they've done everything they can. So the things you'd be doing when you if you were going to put down a brown and make it richer, they've already done it for you, but that doesn't help you out where you are. Well, I mean, it's just when you're used to something. you know. You're, you, you, I mean, I haven't used them enough or experimented enough with them to know what they're going to be useful for, because obviously... When you're familiar with a range, you you kind of go, oh yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing here, and I know what I'm doing with this one, and and oh, I don't want to get this effect, and this colour will be really useful for it, you know. Um, but I mean, they're they're fine. Don't get me wrong, they're fine. I mean, they are inks like the old GW style, but with a lot stronger pigment. Um, so anyway, I've I've did that wash, and I re-highlighted the metal. Um, and what I actually found is after doing some of the other areas, I have to then go back over the metal to touch it up with the highlight colours and what I've done then is I've mixed a black and blue wash so GW um, Drakonoff Nightshade Known Oil with medium to basically just do a glaze over the top of it um, quite happy with how the silvers come out it looks pretty clean pretty nice it does they look crisp yeah I mean it's a lot of work on it I mean it's probably about seven eight stages but worth it yeah fair enough <clears throat> Now that's to do the gold. Um, I used the scale colour flesh paint to do the skin. Verdict, because I haven't tried these. Uh, good shades. Um, how I used to do it, I would mix dwarf flesh with green ink. 
to the base coat, because that takes the red out of it. Um, but the basic flesh colour you get in the set is pretty much that colour. Um, and then I use light skin and pale skin as the two highlights, and I use Reichland flesh shade. And what I did on my old highlights is I mixed black, green ink, and dwarf flesh to make like a custom wash glaze. And what I do is afterwards I glaze the skin in that, and that takes all the readiness out of the flesh wash. Um, I did find it's not quite the same. It's close, but it's not quite the same as the previous. Um, but it's still it's still fine. I think it'll be nice if I'm not trying to recreate another effect from a different range of paints with using them. To be honest, yeah. I just think you've done pretty well fresh. considering. Yeah, I'd like to just use them, like, to do something without having to reference an, an older model that I painted. But to be honest, it is teaching me a lot about the paint, so it's kind of you hard know, work. One or the other, <laughs> yeah. But it's, you need to you need to get used to a range. Like, you need to like experiment to to know how you're going to maximize the effectiveness of it. Even like little nuance things, like when you understand how a paint reacts when you mix it with another colour, because sometimes they don't go the way you want, and a typical example of that is snakebite leather. Like, if you mix, like, black into it, it goes green. You get olive, you get a beautiful yeah. olive colour. And, and, like, you wouldn't think that at all. Like, You'd I expect mix... a dark brown. Yeah, A lot of things lean towards green, actually. Um, yeah. Skeleton bone from Army Painter, which is as close as you're going to get to bleach bone these days, that's my highlight colour for my elves and if you add that to hawk turquoise it pulls out the green not the blue so the higher the ratio is the more your highlights go from that's why my cloaks are more complex than they are in terms of colors when all i've done is just added one thing yeah and that's like where the it's, it's where the sort of the this sort of the paint in black cut that, that i i've been sort of known for comes from is the the base coat mix is when you start putting a highlight color and it pulls the color out you want to to make the black look rich, it's almost like indigo blacks and things like that. You, it's um, it's really good. Um, I, I, to be honest, like I, I mean, I'm not unhappy with the range. It's uh, and I'm, I'd like to sit down and paint some more things with it and experiment. But until like I've sort of painted my high elves, I'm not really going to get a chance to do that. So, so yeah, I feel a bit irritated that I'm not at a stage when I can just try out painting a single figure in a specific way because they've made me reevaluate the way I approach things a little. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're. Um, I mean, the coverage is 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 different. They're, they kind of feel that you've you've kind of got to be a little bit more patient with it. I think yeah, to... I think they're they're multi-pass paint, so they're, mm. they're, a lot of the colours, the type of colour, where on the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth pass, they'll do a different thing. Yeah, so... which is how I paint when I'm painting something technical anyway. With like highlights, I'll go back round and apply the same highlight colour over again and over again. But this kind of makes you do it with all the colours. Yeah, they um, really have an option, which is probably why they're difficult to adjust to initially, apart from the inks, which are just like, pop a drop of it anywhere and you get buckets of, uh, of vibrancy. Yeah, but I think anyone who hasn't used an ink and has just used GW washes, you will be make a mess. absolutely shocked at how really good contrast you can get in shadows with them. A little goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like I say, it's it's experimenting. Um, like, and, and to be honest, what I quite liked about the inks is even when they're heavily watered down, the surface tension was pretty good. You didn't get 
like graying or or patches with no pigment in because yeah. the pigment is quite dense. So when I mean, you kind of get the, that with the paints anyway, one of the things that yeah. I noticed is, I mean this this was really unhelpful for me in what I was trying to use it for. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been using the uh, I forget what the gray is called, but the the black and the white also, and yeah. trying well, to they've do got multiple grays, haven't they? Yeah, there's quite a lot of them. Trying to do non-metallic metal, and the point when you want to do the the white in non-metallic is in the final white. You want a little obvious dot or a line, and this range does not want to do that. However, if you put if you get I'm trying to think of the best way to describe how they're different from other paints. If you get the white and you dilute it like 50/50 and draw a big smiley scoop of it somewhere on a banner, and then go back with water and smudge it into a fade you won't see that line that you started with, if that makes sense. So yeah, it doesn't instantly dry. It definitely doesn't. They're more readily... Uh, the pigments mix with water in a different way, and they're more readily playable and malleable than you get with other ranges. So malleable. For, that's the word you wanted. Yeah. They're very good for blending. Yeah, they're, they're made for that, and they do well. And they are... My God, are they fucking matte. They are so matte. It's absolutely crazy. The actual the actual paint paints. Um, if you want your stuff to not look matte, just just pop a coat of anything with glaze medium or a GW wash or something slightly more satiny over them. But the uh, the non the paints that aren't metallic or the washes, um, especially I've got a couple of the turquoises which are incredible. Um, Adriatic blue, which is going to become a new hawk turquoise, and then Caribbean blue, which is like the greener. More tropical-looking yeah. version. I don't think how exciting he is. I have exciting he is about this. Yeah. Oh my god, turquoise! <laughs> I have got both those colours actually, because um, they come in the set. Because the fantasy range is different, isn't it? Um, yes. But you can't buy those individually at the moment. You can't. You can only get them in the six different sets they do. They've got like one for orc flesh, one for mm. bluey stuff, and and some other things. And of course, you've got the full fantasy paint range for like a hundred quid off your site. I think it is. Yeah. Um, what did you, it comes with a little stand thing, doesn't it? What did you yeah, think of that? Um, the aluminium stand's great because it's actually got um, enough spare slots to put the inks down the side. Ooh, I didn't know that. It actually has a... I think you get... Because obviously the stand is um, 9 by... 9 by 8... Um, and because it's 63, re- 63 paints, you basically get 10 spots free. And in the ink set, you've got 8 paints, so you actually have enough to put 8 inks down the side, and it leaves you with 2 free slots, um, which is quite nice. Um, the, the, it's really sturdy, because it's basically a metal tray with holes cut in, and it's it's really really sturdy. The only thing about it that I'm not a fan of, um, and this might be finding me quite anal about this, is that the where the metal's curved round... Um, Things are higher. No, it, it's just the bottom of the tray is it has got like this metal edge that if you dragged it across a desk, it would put a big big mark on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah so there's no rubber feet... Or anything for desk protection. So if you are going to put the tray on your desk, like buy some I've got little a, sticky nipples for it first. Yeah, buy some like little feet pads or something to to go on it. That's what I need to pick some up off Amazon or something just to you get the ones for putting onto furniture for yeah. putting on wooden floors. 
yeah, you can get IKEA do like a load of different types of gel pads and stuff. So you just need to don't like put it on your, it on your, on your dining room table, or then drag it towards you. Then you just put a big hole. Um, that's the only criticism with the tray, really. But anyone who picks it up will immediately feel it on their fingers. That oh, hang on, it's a bit. I wouldn't put that on my table, but you know what people are like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the tray is like quite a nice little selling point for me because it's it's a nice way you, you've already got a paint rack, um, and it just so happens it kind of perfectly fits my uh, my desk. It's got like these little um, it's got like a back bit to the desk. And it's the, exactly the right depth <laughs> to fit in. Um, Moon, I saw it. I did think if I had like a uh, like a seven deep rack that fitted those nicely, that would solve a lot of my paint storage problems. And you can paint, buy it separately, can't you? Yes, you can. And it will fit buy the Vallejo a, a range. Big one, a big one and that one, I think. Oh, right, okay. You can buy a big one. Yeah, it's like a, there's a double one, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'd be interested to see what one comes with a fantasy set, whether you get a 64, um, a 9x8 one, whichever that would be. Um, yeah. Yep. Like a 70-something. So Don't they yeah, do a bigger one that fits GW and P3 paints? I think this is 72 and a 48. I'm not sure. Let's have a little... I can check in a sec. Um, they're, uh, I really... like. I just want to paint some other shit now in different ways, which is quite nice. The um, the only ones that I've used that I feel I've, I've actually mastered are the inks. Turquoise? <laughs> Maybe. Um, you've mastered the inks already? Uh, well, like... I feel like I know what they're for. Um, whereas the paints I'm still learning with, the inks, if you want to just like put eye bleed in, like the effect you get if you put filters on a photo, um, the inks will do for you. And I really like that. So I got a cloak, which I would had for a while on the um, Araloth model, which is looking all right. And put some of the inks in the recesses and instantly the entire thing just looked way more interesting. So did uh, you thin those inks? Yeah, I thinned the shit out of them. With so, water or with medium? Bit of everything, actually. So I, because because the blue is so strong, I ended up making far more than I needed to. So I've got it in a little a little jar next to me now. Um, yeah, I found I think, that. I put a couple in my palette and ended up with like a whole well full of ink. Yep. So I ended up putting, you know, those little tip tree jars you get with jam in them. Had one of those right. lying around, <laughs> and I've got the base of that full. Um, so it was, I think, probably at least four parts to one part, green to blue, mm. couple of drops of glaze medium, couple of drops of thinner, and then water until I felt it was thin enough. Um, thinner? And, what thinner do you use? Uh, it is the, the actual Tamiya one. Oh, okay. X20. Um, yeah, that's what I use. That just makes things evaporate a little bit quicker when you are making a, a wet mix that's got glaze medium in it. So it counters that slightly if you don't want things to take forever, which, I mean, this you're making such a thin mix of water anyway, it's not going to dry fast. So um, I put in some thinner to try and remedy that slightly because I wanted to do multiple passes in the recesses of the cloak. Mm. And um, I only spent about 20 minutes doing it on the cloak and instantly it made a massive difference and it's now at the stage where... Did you just I'm point really it to the recesses or did you actually um, just cover the whole area? Uh, to the recesses 
um, and I dragged it. So it, it's a very curtain-like cloak. It's got obvious recesses. So I painted it down the recesses, um, following their following their contours in in the recess, and then I got my brush and used it sideways to pull into the recesses from the edges to make the blends more smooth. Um, I'm not sure if that's a fantastic explanation, but uh, that's that's about how I did. So using probably the middle of the brush rather than the, the beginning or the tip of it, um, and that was the, the place where I was applying the paint and the pressure, and then I worked that sideways in pulling things into the recesses in a smudgy fashion. And uh, it, I probably didn't even... Well, that's called cool. side brushing. Side brushing, yeah. Using the side... I just just pushed paint around a bit. Um, about my side brush. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I was really really pleased with them. If you do want to put it over everything, if you've done anything and you think like that's cool, but I want it more vibrant, use exactly like a filter. Um, they are fantastic. So if you've done a well, you spoke about the brown before having a bit of yellow in it. If you're doing wood, if you've painted some wood and you dry brushed it up and the way that it went from the dark to the light was really cool but it was just a bit drab watering down the ink and then just putting it over the lot would be a fantastic way to really aggressively lift up how rich things were um yeah, it definitely I'm, makes it look a lot warmer it does which is uh, why i'm not a fan of it well mine's because mine is blue mine, warm palette <laughs> because mine's blue mine didn't make it more warm it just made it look more oh uh, i just meant the the wood the wood color. oh yeah the wood one yes um but yeah I, I was really pleased with them and then like i said the i've used the the gray black and the white uh the black is really interesting because the pigment's so fine you can dilute it and do like really really easy black lining it with yeah it, uh which i was interested in and made a bit of a mess of whilst I learned but uh, that was quite cool and the white I I have no idea how to use yet <laughs> white yeah because it doesn't like it there's no white ink not the white ink the white paint oh I was going um, to say or did you, when you said you talk about the black you talked about the black ink uh, no the black paint oh okay um, and the grey doesn't quite do it because the pigments aren't enough but um, the so only I thing I would use the, the ink for black lining yeah, um, I tried that as well, but when I had the black paint out, I noticed just how how high the pigment was and how small the pigments were. So I thought I'd give it a bash, and it worked really, really well, actually. Um, the ink the ink feels more dangerous if you make a slip, if that makes sense, because it is just so brutal. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that seems weird, but uh, that, that was my logic. And the white, the only thing I think I've done which has used it properly is I'm painting one of my moon banners for this dude that I'm doing now and I've used it to highlight up the top edge of the moon um, just like you'd shade the bottom edge of it with a, with a GW wash or whatever mm. I've used the white in that fashion which has been fairly successful and very smooth and that's the place where because it's a, a sphere I just put a, a big old unsettled line of it around the top top edge of it, top crescent, and then dragged that down a bit with a wet brush and then cleaned off the brush so there was no paint on it and dragged down the bit I dragged down. And in two steps I had blending that was uh, pretty pretty solid actually and you can't see any part of it. I've not um, used the white but does it, because I find white so one of those colours that is typically shit. really shit. Yeah. 
Um, it, is it grainy or? It's not grainy at all, although the paint itself is quite thick, so right. you have to not let it be 3D, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, so the same problem every white. Yeah, much but has. it's not grainy, so you, you can, like, you can, you can put a blob of it on one side of something you're painting, not a, a massive blob, but a, a sizable amount, and then just smudge it from left to right across an entire piece and you get a really really good effect like the big thing i think for me with the paints is just how well they work with water um yeah yeah sounds like a bit of an odd thing but they they do water doesn't cause issues it doesn't cause i think that's because they've got that medium in there i'm sure they're pre-mixed with a a glaze medium yeah i would imagine so um a, a particularly matte one but like they you don't get the tidal marks from them drying uh they don't dry too fast if you put in more water it doesn't just increase it doesn't just make them dry quicker and quicker and quicker which some rangers it does do and um yeah they're they're really good with it uh definitely shake them well um but have a play with them and i think the lighter the colors get uh the more difficult they are to use potentially mm. So not an easy range, but a really interesting one. And I like it. Just made me want to paint. I don't know, like a, a bright red something, or a bright turquoise something, or a wizard's cloak, or something like that. Just to just to see how how crazy you could get. Like something that went from red in the recesses to blue, and then white on the highlights, or something like that. Um, they're uh, they're quite cool. Yeah. So if you are interested in the scale 75 range head over to elementgames.co.uk yep we got a lot get more from there um pretty decent prices as well and you know if you're a, if you're a mentalist and you want every single thing they've ever made in a bottle we do have a extra discount bundle as well uh, which is pretty so crazy so you're doing value. it wrong because if it was a GW one you wouldn't get any extra discount <laughs> just save yourself yeah, just save clicking times. action although given how shit their website is if you want to actually put things in your cart that's that's an understandable choice on there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I quite like the GW website. I tried to add bases to a cart today and it made me want to pull my eyes out. You do it on the phone? Or you do it on a PC? It was doing it on a PC. Although it feels like all they care about is people doing it on phones. Yeah, I suppose. Um, which is... I don't know. Anyway. That's it. That's scale 75. And as far as painting goes, I've painted a dude. A whole well, dude, or no, dude. no. I I had a like half finished dude, and he's now maybe three quarters finished. Is this Aronoff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's looking pretty tasty, though. I think he's not going to be as you, good as my other one. Are you actually going to use him, like in in your army? Are you. It'll just be a standard bearer for something. No, uh, because actually the noble with the phoenix banner is pretty good. Yeah, um, um, I might need another. The way that I'm going in terms of how many models I've got. Unless I use a rock on a base as a dude, I might just need him to be a be a fella. A rock on a base. <laughs> just be a standard dude. <laughs> a rock on a base. Just tap up Les for some of those. <laughs> He's got some base models blocking around. Um, yeah, the mod the model is cool. I'm liking it a lot more than I was last time I rage quit painting it um, because it looks better, but uh, and it does look nice on a circle and it should be good when it's finished. But the fucking little bird snapped. Which was um, slightly irritating. I think that was inevitable with that model. You need to get out your um, 0.5 mil drill bit. And that would be too wire. thick. Really? <clears throat> yeah, it's attached by a single ankle. 
Nah, you must better replace the ankle with a pin, surely. Mm, maybe. It'd be a pain, the... but... Yeah, potentially. I don't know what I'm going to have to do. The thing is, it's practically... You'd be pinning into a ribbon. Yep. It's a nightmare. Uh, so do you know what I... you do? You file his hand down so he's got no bird, and you toss that shit away. <laughs> I really like the bird. Unfortunately, That's otherwise... That's the problem with being a fan of flappy chaps. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the other option I thought is you could have him holding holding his sword out, laid down like a bit of a badass, but that involved re-sculpting fingers, and I don't want to. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah. That's but, it. That's, that's the sum total of my hobby, paying a quarter Are of you on track for Blood and Glory? I don't even know what's in my list yet. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have an army. I don't even know what's in my list, to be fair, but I've got a rough <laughs> idea. I mean, like, to be honest, like I mean, I've I've been doing loads because um, I've built Tenelirian Reavers, twenty Phoenix Guard, Quadrin, Alephanar, Phoenix, magnetized it, rebased all my old stuff, and got my display board on the go. <laughs> so, all um, right, a hobby hero. Well, not really. I'm not really a hobby hero, but I, yeah. I just I've got like a mountain to of stuff to do still. You've made good um, progress, though. Yeah, I mean. I've got some decisions I can make to, to make my life a little bit easier. I would like to get some of my terrain painted. Because it would be quite cool to get my Dias done and my Realm Gates. But it depends on how quickly it takes me to paint the Phoenix Guard. I'm probably going to end up not painting the Illyrian Reavers at this rate. So you, got, just... you got your week off though. Yeah, but I've got a Phoenix with a Rider, with Crager on foot, Alephanar on foot, another 10 Phoenix just, guard. Just follow the bi-painted video guide to airbrush your Phoenix, take like two minutes. Yeah, but it's it's not, <laughs> it won't be, because I want it to look good, yeah, so I know. Um, it's not going to be like... You can get a very good Phoenix in five hours, the Rider yeah. will probably take about that. Oh, it's probably a day's work to paint oh, yeah, that definitely. model. Um, you know, but I mean, like, the... It, it all depends how quickly, like, going into next weekend, like, how much I've got to do. Like, if going into next weekend all the Phoenix Guard are done, the Phoenix is done, the Rider's done, then I'm looking at painting ten Alien Reavers, which is probably three days' worth of work. Oh, yeah, cavalry, they're not, yeah, they're not simple. Um, or cavalry. And then I've only got, if I'm out Saturday, Sunday, I've only got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I've got to do some stuff on the display board. Um, I've got a dragon rider I want to do. Uh, I probably won't get to do the Illyrian Reavers. I just will rebase my old Sea Guard and take those instead. Yeah, but it's a safe bet. In terms of gaming, I really want them. So, I mean, I could go with them half finished, but I don't really want to do that. No, because nah, then you're, then you're putting yourself that. out of a painting award if you do that, really, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not sure I'll get one anyway, but, you know, so. All these things, isn't it? You don't know who's there with what, what they got. And... You should have helped yourself like I did and just not know what any of your shit does, so the things I take will be the most efficient things to get produced that look the prettiest. Yeah, but you know what I'm like. Yeah, well... Can't you're switch gonna, off. You're not going to make any decision that makes your life easier, probably, <laughs> throughout this entire process. No, because I'll just go, oh, I want. what do I want? This, 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 and this, and this. Because oh, it started off, I'll just paint this and this, and I was like, oh, actually, I could get some Leo Reavers. I could do Elephantar as well and Cradgeral Foot. I probably should do a Dragon as well. And it's You'd like, have been quicker just doing a whole new army and dipping it. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't be as good. So. No. Uh, so, yeah. what about you then, Terry? I've been painting Demons. Largest. I know, that's a shocker. 
But, uh, yeah. Well, stop asking if you just go, yeah, if you did demons. Yeah, paint demons and. What specifically if you've been painting? Brace yourselves. I have finished a model in my what? army. I've finished a single infantry model. The first model I've ever finished for an army. Ever. Just let that, let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> for any, any army. Any army. You've never first, finished a model. I've never finished a model. Whatever. Ever. Not even a 40k thing. Mm, my Grey Knights were never finished. My Eldar were never finished. Um, actually I say that. I've finished my Wraith Knight. Or Wraith start calling Lord. you half a job pike. Well, on top of that one model that was finished, I painted 30 Plague Bearers. Um, to the point where I've just, uh, I've just got to put some rust on their weapons and they are... So the one that you finished... Yep. Have you got anything else to do to that? No. You don't have to rust his weapon? No, I rusted his weapon. He's... He's done. Can you can you send a picture? I don't believe you. <laughs> you said you were going to do it at the end. Sorry, it didn't happen. Yep, I'll get you a pick. Um, and I've done some more work to the Grand Clean one. Um, he... He's broken me. He's looking pretty tasty. Are you intimidated by the fact that you might have to rust his weapon, or are you definitely just going to... You definitely have to rust his weapon. I'm definitely going to rust his weapon. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to put some washers on it, and I'm going to rust it up. It's too shiny for Nurgle. It, it's too ever shiny. Yeah. It, I'm going to wash it down with some some blacks and some browns, and then I'm going to rust it up, and then possibly put some... Um, Can you it? I am going to. That's the last thing I'm going to do. I'm going to try out that technique from that sprocket, Dave Soper. Sopia? Sopia? Yeah, Soper. Um, I'm going to try out his bicarb mixed um, sort of rusty effect thing. So um, what is that then? Just mixing bicarb it's, with... It's bicarb paint mixed with the paint, mixed with PVA, mixed with some sort of matte varnish. So you basically just varnish. clump on like... So you make it into like bits. a really thin paste. <laughs> yeah. And then it gives you a texture that when it dries, it looks like actual powdery rust. It looks fantastic. It looks really but, good. But it's not a pigment because the yep. pigment just disappears as a powder. This actually stays as... It looks like rusty snow because that's what you would use bicarb for normally if yes. you want yellow snow. <laughs> um, but the effect looks amazing and I'm going to try to recreate that um and if it goes well then that plague bearer is no longer finished because i'll have to go back and do it to all of their weapons as well ah that's fine you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna test that on the great and clean one surely i'm gonna, gonna you've got to test it on the plague bearer first dude <sighs> no yeah. you can't no. go straight to the great and clean one it's balls deep it's gotta go straight in no, I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to test it on something. I might yeah. just spray up some random bits of plastic with metal and test it on those first. Um, the, the, the technique looks pretty pretty simple. Yeah, but um, like I wouldn't risk it. But it's getting the placement of it. I so mean, that it like doesn't... you've got, you've literally you've got a scratch built weapon. You don't really want to fuck that. You don't, up. You don't no. have to strip it. No, I don't because I just. Yeah, but the model in itself has really, um, oh, it's just, 
it's just so big it's so hard to paint a model that size in so one piece big so hard yeah just just throbbing it's big but it, it's been a nightmare like there's no there's no easy way to hold that model without getting your hands all over it like you can't hold it by the base because the I've, base is massive i actually found doing blow up a pain in the ass and that's only because the the arms on the great on the actual dude are wider than the base, so you potentially just rub the paint off the sides of the yeah. model. Like I had to re-prime the horns on the top of his head because they rubbed through the base coat of brown, through the top layer of zenith white grey, right down to the black and to the bare plastic on some bits. Yeah, where I've literally handled that model for a couple of weeks, and it it's just it is oh, it's been such a pain in the ass. Like, while I was doing it, I could see the paint rubbing off the horns, and it was just really frustrating me, because I knew I had to just go back and do it all again. So I got to the point where I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to sand the horns smooth, and just rip all the paint off now to save to save doing it. So I made, like, a mix using the game colour primer brown with um, Zandri dust, and reprimed it over the plastic, and then did a Zandri dust over the top of that again in a couple of thin coats so now it's back to a solid base coat but now i can't pick up the model again because there's nowhere to actually touch the model anymore because the whole bottom half of the model basically up to his shoulders is is finished you're not tempted to varnish varnish it i can but then i've got to repaint two billion gloss pustules oh Oh. i had that same problem actually when i because my blow abs not varnished because i because I was using like Nurgle's Rot and Blood for the Blood God and things. Yes, yeah, I've got, got Blood for the Blood God on there. I've got gloss varnish all over the pustules and bits, yeah. like tentacle bits. And but what what I was basically saying there is that you, to, in terms of like if it was just gloss varnish, you could varnish it matte then gloss it. But because you're using those technical colours, you can't really They've recreate got a different that finish. effect again. Yeah, because you're even if you matted it and reglossed it, it wouldn't look the same. No. Um, and the other problem I have now is, how do I move this model on the table? I can't pick like... it up and move it. If I'm like, yeah, this model's going to charge here. I can't actually move the model because I can't touch the damn thing. You can. Because you, you literally you just um, just varnish the horns. Like, just base coat the horns and then just cover them in, like, a matte varnish. Yeah, I could brush on the matte varnish, I suppose, yeah. on those. Um, you could even airbrush it. As long as you I could, yeah. Do you know what I could actually? It's, I could just set it really low pressure, nice little thin beam coming out, and just get tap the horns with it. Um, yeah. I'd be tempted to just. If you want a middle ground. I've got the satin. satin layer, um, I, like. I think I'll just go straight for the matte varnish on it though, because the horns, um, they can have metallics on them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they've got. Like oh, because they've got of, like bits of. I thought you were got, like you were going to do metallic horns. Thinking, no, yeah. no, the horns have got like yeah, straps like of metal, straps and, of metal and stuff, bolts yeah. and plates and bits of scrap on. So I'll have to do the horns, finish the horns off, mat the top of it, then paint uh, the metallics on afterwards. Uh, metallics, I hate metallics. Yeah. Although these, they're washed down, so they're not shiny metallics anyway. They're kind of like nergly, rusty metallics. So, so they... maybe you just want them all to be so rusted that you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. That might be a... Uh... But then I want to do the rust effect on them as well, which means then I can't really touch those. I don't I don't really know how that will be for handling the touching probably, of that. You have to seal that, surely. Uh, no, because the PVA and the, the varnish seal it. I'd be worth handling them. So... 
it should be okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, just working on some plague drones at the moment because I'm uh, I just need a bit of break from him. Um, I'm not surprised it's bloody huge. Models that big, unless it's like the black the black dragon of the dark elves or something that is a model that helps you ping it fast or yeah but even even then that model you can you could do the wings separately you can do the rider separately it's just it's it's not an undertaking if they've been designed to be painted fast whereas there's so much on that one i did say about on twitter there's no sub assembly point to this model it's the glockkin and two riders there's no yeah because it's basically because all this you got you've got to put it together because obviously you'd have big gaps yeah you've got to build it and then you've got to fill all the gaps and sand it and smooth it and file it whatever or green you know green stuff whatever because there are big mold lines yeah but it's easy isn't it you just airbrush it and then ink it yeah but then that uh, that just uh, no no you've done in it I put the base colour of green down on it. Yeah, and, and that purple underside looks... You've got, like... It does look like you've done a couple layers of green airbrush, then you've just done, like, pointed, pointed washes over washes over washes and then painted up all the boils and teeth. And that's oh, yeah. I mean. I mean, I'm not saying that... I'm not trying to say it's not a lot of work, because it is, because there's a amount of detail on it, but if you if you were just doing it like, oh, I don't really care about it being... Oh, like, if you were doing large, it like you don't really care, you then, could fucking, yeah, like, would. But, like, the toe... the His hooves took me... It took me an entire evening to do each foot. So it's, it was two nights of work to do those hooves. Like, that was more because I was watching TV. Cloppity clop. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was not very productive that evening. I could have bashed the boat out. I was going to say, that, that's pretty slow. If <laughs> it, it was, I was watching some TV. I can't remember what I was watching. Maybe I was watching The Flash. I was catching up with the first season of The Flash, so I was, I got a little bit involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy with how he's, he's coming along. Got some decent feedback and some uh, now fi- uh, Twitter have changed favourite to oh, like. Oh, what was that about? I saw that yeah. today. Yeah, they've, ch- they've out- updated it all. Was that likes. today? Uh, no, I think it was went live yesterday. Yeah, um, I mean, this is a, you like get a little that, heart now instead of yeah, a star. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, oh no, it's like gone Facebook. Oh, like he's liked it. Oh fuck liked off! It. I don't just. I don't know why they changed it. Uh, we want to be like Facebook. You're having a masculinity crisis because it's got a heart instead of a No, I just don't... I, what's, why change it? I don't, I don't think what's it needs changing. What's the point? It's, like a, it's people, like a trademark, isn't favorite, it? People favorited less. It's why they've done it. It's for <sighs> advertising. You reckon? You, your, site will, yeah, your site will be interacted more. Um, if people see it as something you should do more frequently, favorite is for special things individually. Like is just like for retards who want to like your picture of All right, like, fucking Zuckerman, whatever the fuck your name is. Yeah, right. Fucking <laughs> hell. But yeah, so didn't actually want a good a good explanation. I just wanted to hate. You've ruined was... it now. Well, never mind. That's what I'm here for. What ruining? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. On that note. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, I've been painting Nurgle stuffs. Um, I've got some Seekers to paint. And I've got a Herald of Zinch to paint. And I've got to finish my Flamers, which I've got base coats and washes and some small details. Um, they'll be getting a proper paint job. I don't know what I want to do with them, but I need to put some freehand on the Flamers, put like, little Zinch symbols and stuff on them, I think. You could get um you could get the scale seventy five quirky metallics and do them all in metallics, so it'd be like iridescent. 
um, you could I've actually, already got some. They got some really flashy ones. They do, yeah. Like, I've already painted them though. Oh. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna go back and put like slime effects on stuff using um, Yoohoo glue, and I've got lots of little After Effects things I need to do. But I've got the week off leading up to Blood and Glory, so I'm gonna dedicate that your, week your to. Yeah, gonna dedicate that week to special effect stuff and terrain. Aftermarket repairs. Cause, yeah, cause the, um, the terrain, I'm basically, I'm, I'm gonna sort of, I've got my gaming table set up downstairs, I'm gonna get all my stuff out and just have a proper big old terrain building and painting day. Um, a lot of space, so I just throw it all around and get it done. I would love to spend like three days just painting my terrain rather than, um, that's why I'm sort of giving yeah, myself the readers. week to do the terrain with with yeah, the special effects out. stuff, because yeah, well, big dry brushes. Who was it? I saw who'd painted some of the, one of the big corn things in like an hour the other week on Twitter. Jordan Bladen, was that him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Um, did a really good job. Yeah, it made it made me want to paint one. I have one in the box. I haven't built it yet. Oh, you could get that out for Blood and Glory. Yeah, but I'm not playing with Chaos. It's so. I've got my DS. I'm sure oh, yeah, there'll be plenty of people my... playing Chaos against you that would appreciate it. I got my. Well, I'm not good enough for. Yeah, but you deploy the <laughs> fort and get in it yourself. Nah, I'd have it's... to give it to them, wouldn't I? If they're Chaos. Nah, you're getting it. It's all about the hobby, man. It's about the story. About the story. It's about the story. Oh, I can imagine what I'm your story is going to be like. Yeah, I put the uh, I put this techless bitch in here and no, no, charged with a dragon to come off. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's all about Alan. the story. I don't know. File trans that. Oh wait, no, hang on, that's the wrong story. <laughs> I've got this tower, yeah. Put all my men in it. Oh no, hang on. Let's rest out the, the masters. masters. <laughs> my stories are all going to be. My opponent taught me how to play Just Sigma nicely and beat me. No, nah, we're going to teach you on the Friday. Okay. <laughs> I've got like this um, weird obsession with like there's loads of models I've got in boxes that I'd love to paint up. Like I've got like a Night Goblin army. I'd be like, how cool would that be? <laughs> and actually, if you look at the scrolls from that, it's actually pretty good. It's actually really good. And you look at it and go, oh, that'd be awesome. And you get to do the hoodie special rule. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to get my hood on. Love it. But, but yeah, so demons for Biggie me. Biggie Moons, mate. Biggie Moons is going to come out. Moons. He's been, he, he didn't really get to play that much. He came out for a couple of weeks at the Cheltenham Club. Took some names. Good old Biggie Moons. Took, took Les's name, did he? Ah, played some chumps there. Yeah. Um, oh, aside from that, I'm off to a tournament this weekend for some Age of Sigma. Are you using uh, exactly the same list as Blood and Glory? I'm using the same list, yep. Yeah. So I'm off to London's calling. The South Legion, South London Legion boys. How many players they got? Uh, 30. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, uh, there's some, some good people there as well. You can see some uh, people I haven't seen in a while. Um Gonna crash of Amit as well. That'll be a laugh. Yeah. So it's um, take it Pemberton's not going. Um, no, I haven't seen his name down. Uh, actually, I haven't seen Matt Hinton's name down either, and he, he him, and he's obviously a well, member he doesn't, there. He, well, he must be going unless he's organising. Because he's um, he lives with Amit, doesn't he? Yeah. Don't know. Maybe he'll just come down and have a laugh. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe I broke him. At Clash, I don't know. Maybe. So, uh, but, yeah, take your fucking Steve. orcs and fuck off. 
Yeah, so some people rocking some pretty tasty lists by the look of things. And Someone bought nine boxes of Savage Orcs from Element Games last mm. week. That's someone that we know. Uh, no, actually. I didn't recognise the name, but we noticed the order because it's bloody weird. Yeah, it's probably for Kings of War or something. <laughs> yeah. No, because you'd only need like a black tray with two models on it. Yeah, that's true. It's one placeholder model. It's a cheap game to play, though, it's by the looks of things. Aristo's loving it. So, yeah, I bet he is. He could sculpt an entire army out of like is one package of chewing gum. Probably. Dunno. He's got that rustic stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get your fucking wire brush out. <laughs> Dog shit. Jesus. But, oh, talking about the your Red Bull can thing you were on about earlier. Yeah. I want to do something similar to uh, my Kairos model. Right. On his big staff, he's got these two little clips that hang off that clearly are meant to have like big streaming ribbon banner type things flowing off of them. Yeah. It, but there's nothing hanging off them. So to paint the, I'm going to um, cut the strip out of this can. Do I need to sand the edges of brass it? instead, which is slightly less dangerous? That's what and I'm thinking. Can I sand the edges at all? Make it a bit... Because it's going to be so thin, surely it's always going to be razor sharp. What I did is I cut top and bottom of the can, sliced it down the middle, rolled it out. Then what I did is I cut out the shape I wanted and I used um, a file and I just rubbed it over the edge to take the burr off. Yeah. Um, And then I just bent it into shape. Yeah. Um, I don't find it particularly sharp. Uh, I covered it in PVA. I was like, going to say, did you cover it in PVA before you sprayed it? Could yeah. To sort of give it a, a a rounded effect to the edges a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the only problem you've got with doing that is the PVA can slide off and take all the paint off. Yeah, see, um, that's that was what I was thinking. What you'd be better yeah. off doing is using like a, um, like a wire brush. And before right. you cut the shape out is to score it all with the a wire brush and buff yeah. it. Or use like some wire wool or something. Or what, so that the PVA is something to bond to? Well, just the spray. It'll just, cause it just rusts up the surface. Yeah. Mm, I might look at that then. Or the other option is to use, um, the brass. Yeah, uh, you, can sheet. Get, you can get brass sheets, can't you? For... Yeah, there's a hobby shop near me that sells it. So. Does Element sell it? Uh, scale 75, make it. Alright, okay. Just to sound like a stat record. Um, yeah. They may, I think you get like three different, it's in the complement section. You get, uh, what is it, flags and strips converter set, it's called, about yeah. fiver. Um, get a, a bronzy looking one and a steely looking one. Uh, aluminium and copper, 60 by 50 millimeters, so fairly well sized, easy malleable and easy to use. I'm not sure how much of a beating they take in that thickness, but I guess that, whatever you. Is that flag, what, flags and straps? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just added that to my basket. Also, if you wanted streamers, they're the things to use to make streamers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the fact you've got um, you've got dogs. Yeah. I just saw those. They're made for they're made for seventy five millimeter scale models, so you could mount a dude on those dogs. They are massive. Oh, amazing. Sweet. Those wolves look pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It's uh, well, they're big. Um, like you can have have a go on what just looked like I don't know child's toys on tables potentially, but painted well the uh, the fluffy ones would look good. Yeah. Oh well, I bought one of those flags and strap converter sets anyway. 
That's good. I have to go to the hobby shop now. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the joy so free hand as well. They're intimidatingly flat when you look at something like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to put like zinch symbols all down it and like yeah. pages, you know, book pages, and I'll yeah. probably draw some cool little KLC things on there as well. Um, but yeah, I just just to give that model a bit, just needs something else to it. It just needs that little bit of like it'll make it look a bit more dynamic if it's sort of flowing a little bit as well I can see that I I debated doing that with well when I do my vampire army I think everywhere is going to have red streamers just on sticks for no reason like it's from anime because um, I can yeah I think it's, uh, the other it's thing is people don't do enough I've converted my play drones the riders to have like spears and lances instead of plague swords so they're all mounted with like long ass pole arm type weapons I wanted to put like little streamers coming off those, but like, so they look like little ripped cloths. So you've got like a little, like shredded little banner with like a Nurgle symbol or something on it. I don't, I don't know what I could, I I couldn't really do that at brass. Although maybe. I think you could. They're made for it. You just have to cut it with something good and a ruler very carefully. Well, I think when you get it, you can have a play, can't you? Yeah. See what it behaves like. Yeah, I'll have a look at that then. Just then that'll give the the models a bit more as well because I don't really want any base models in the army other than the plague bearers. But what I have um, picked up is loads of like orc choppers and stuff because I want to take off a lot of their plague swords and put like different like rusted big weapons in the unit to mix up a bit. So Ogres some will have. Ones. What's that? Ogres have got good Ogres, weapons. Yeah. That style. Yeah. Um, like just, they might like be too the big. Ones. Yeah, you did say about beastman ones. I'm going to have a look for some bits online. Um, but like some orc choppers and stuff, like old ones that have got like scrap bolts and stuff strapped to them, look really cool. That's more the 40k ones, to be honest. Because I they, I they my... are some of the 40k ones. I do have those. Because when those I did my orc boys, I cut the fantasy weapons out and put the 40k orc ones in. Yeah, certain so ones. I've got some look... of those 40k choppers, and they look fantasy. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to use those on some of the plague bearers just to mix the unit up a little bit so that the unit's just not standard kit. Yeah. Just I don't know, I really fell interesting. in love with the plague bearer swords. I do like them, but in a unit of thirty, I feel like if about eight or so were different, yeah. it just add a little bit to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean I'm I was debating like when I go back to my my um, Nurgle whether I do some like war, normal warriors on foot out of the GW ones and do some like Knights and stuff, but I've got plenty to get on. Well, because so. you've got the Blight Kings as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many bits oh, in the Blight yeah. Kings sets. I was going to use some of their spare weapons on the Plague Bearers as well. Um, and you could, like, with your Nurgle theme stuff, you could probably just put some, like, random Chaos Warriors, convert them up to be Plague Bearers and Chaos Warriors at the same time, and then put them in the unit as well. Yeah, who was it? was um, Ian Gilmore had some really nice converted up dudes, didn't he, for his demons? Was it did he use Beastman bits? I can't remember. Yeah. I think um, Scott, Scott Lyon said that as well. Yeah. There's quite a few people who've done a really nice job of it. Yeah, also, but, if you're after an Age of Sigma Beastman army, Scott Lyons, Scott yeah. the Boss on Twitter, he's selling his army. It's really nice. Um, if you just want to get in the hobby with a straight up, fully completed, sweet looking Beastman army. Massively converted, loads of yeah. green stuff work. Really awesome. good. It was just to the Painted Masters. Yeah. It's it's a shame that he's selling that. I mean, but at the same time, maybe he's doing a new project. Have you sold it yet? I mean, it must have gone, surely. I, d- I saw it up on Twitter yes, 
today. I don't think it's gone yet. Okay. Someone will get an absolute bargain there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the hours of work to do that. It's yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't imagine selling my my demons now. I sold my last lot because they were just dipped and you know mm-hmm. straight out of the box. But all this is all I've put a lot of love into this. Heart and soul in them. I had yeah. my. Um, I was looking at my warrior collection, my black warrior collection on the snow bases, and I was thinking, I don't actually. If I rebase my Nurgle stuff, I don't actually need these models. But I was like. I would can't sell it. You can't sell them because you'd never get the value that they're worth. No. Because no one would pay that for them because it would just be too expensive for the amount of time that went into the models. Yeah. But if anyone's got 10 grand and wants to buy it from <laughs> us, do ask him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think 10 grand's a bit of a stretch. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, not actually, to be honest, it's not. I mean, I remember like, I remember my high elf army. I think I was offered over a grand for it. I turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. I sold my Great Knight Army for 600 quid, and that was like 200 quid's worth of models. I made a fortune on that, and that was not very well painted at all. That was quite just basic, really. Certain things things go with the right amount, though. But if you've gone to any level on paint, cloaks or faces or metallics, you just can't get a return like no, um, but having shiny force weapons for my elves, and I was really insulted by it. What's yeah. that? Someone offered me seven hundred quid for my elves, and I was really insulted by it. Yeah, that's pretty insulted. Yeah, but Grey Knights at that time were the super powerful, dumb army. I had all the right stuff. They all had glowy force weapons, and it went yeah. for a yep. really good price. So, well, I sold no army for a decent amount of money that I'd just done very quickly and washed um, after I decided I wasn't going to take it to the ETC. Uh, I got. I think I got about six hundred and fifty for that. So um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, uh, it wasn't. It was. It was still a good buy. I mean, there's a lot of work running. Yeah. But, Should we um, chuck a little break in here then and reconvene? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So cool. back in a sec. <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there, but we're back. Cool. We are um, back, and we have actually had a pretty decent response. I put out a tweet before we started. Some people had like half an hour, an hour to ask us some questions. So we're going to run through them bottom to top, or top to bottom, in order of who asked them first, and uh, get some opinions. So the first one is from Captain Crunk. He's the necrobrant, the necbromancer. Maybe he's one of Terry's friends. Is he um, Captain Crunk? Isn't that? Is that he's, not... he's the neck bromancer. I d- okay. don't know. Don't know. Um, it's, it's a good question, though. It's not Any... Johnny Crass, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Any advice for exercises and core skills to get used to using an airbrush? I'm so... glad you went to airbrush there. For exercise and core skills. I think Jesus Christ, it could be you yeah. and you and Terry talking about the gym. Um, no, the equivalent of dips with an airbrush. <laughs> When you start out, um, or if you, even if it's a point past when you started out, always, whenever I start with a new colour, I retry and follow lines on my palette as I'm checking if the paint's thick enough. But when you begin, if you get black paint, because you will not have issues with thinning and getting, getting something that's going to come out and flow well, uh, just drawing on paper is a really, really good way to start. Um, if you do dots and then try and land your, your 
where your paint comes out on the dots and aim for them, that's a very, very solid one for just knowing where things finish. And the other one I would say is get something blocky like a rhino and just play with angles because this is not the easiest thing to explain uh, verbally without being able to draw diagrams. If your paint is hitting a model uh, with your airbrush at 90 degrees to the model, so just flat front on, that is the best angle for paint sticking. The more you make that angle worse, so the paint is more likely to, to roll off the surface rather than hitting and sticking, the lighter paint you'll get. And that means that like you can hold uh, something that's got a 45-degree angle on it, not have to mask it, and with angles, just make sure you hit one edge of it. Um, yeah, you can do that with dreadnoughts really well. And like you said, rhinos. Yeah, really, really good exercise. The other one is pre-shade like so when you're when you're putting your base coat down on everything every opportunity you're doing that is an opportunity to practice so if you've i don't know primed your guy gray or black or whatever when you when you're putting your white on uh for pre-shading or gray on for pre-shading or whatever or you're just putting a flat blue base coat on try and dot shoulders or pick out muscles or things like that because you can and it doesn't matter if you cock up because you're going to cover it anyway um so Pre-shading, even when you don't need to, and Still practice. playing around on paper and just getting a blocky model that you, you try different things on is great. Um, watch, watch a couple of videos, but the biggest thing is just get. A f- don't try too many different products, and try and mash the ones you've got, then move on to other ones. So play around with a good, solid, compact selection of colours like black, white, grey. Um, Red, blue, green, for example. Uh, don't don't try and get out metallics for a little while. Um, keep they can be a pain in the ass. They can, and and play around with pressures. Um, the the final thing I would say is that if you've just got, and this isn't an attempt to upsell from me, it's absolutely true. If you've just got something cheap from eBay and you're really struggling to advance your painting or with control, it's probably because you've just got something cheap from eBay. Um, we have a lot of people asking me, like, I just, I can't get these results and I think I need a really fine needle or, or whatever. You don't. You've just bought something that costs, like, less than 40 quid. What do you expect? Um, so it's not quite a direct answer to the question, but a lot of the people who come to me asking, like, I, I think I'm not very good at control or I, I think I've got shaky hands or my dexterity is bad. It's not. You're trying to do a precise job with an imprecise tool. Do you guys have any... Any other things you do as like basic fundamental exercises or ways to improve control or getting used to things? Um, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, like yeah. just, just like you can strip stuff down. You know, if you can't afford to keep buying models to practice on, just get something that you can paint. Either strip it or rebase coat it. Eventually, again, it's going to pile up the paint. But if you do lots of thin layers, you can test out lots of different colors. You, know, you don't have to. Point. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, try, try, um, lots of colors you wouldn't normally use as well. Cause I, can, I find, no, yeah. You, get an airbrush, you can play with yellow or. Yeah. Cause you, it's coverage is so different. You can put a yellow straight over a black. If you really want to, you'll lead to a lot of thin layers, but you'll get a different effect going straight over black than you would over white. Um, and you won't, I don't know. It's just, you can experiment a lot. There's a lot of things you can do. I think and from my side um, is understand why their paint is behaving the way it is. 
So, like, there there are certain signs when you're airbrushing that tells you, oh, I need to change the pressure, or oh, the paint's too thin, or you know. And I think it's important to learn. It's just like any medium is to understand how it's going to behave. So you can get the best out of it, and unlike from like so it's probably you mentioned it already, is I find the first thing I did when I got my airbrush was just get a flat piece of board out and just test it out. Yeah, test test gradients, like you said with the dots as well. Draw loads of dots and then draw join them all up with really thin controlled lines. That's a good one. And I wrote my name a load of times. Yeah, I was gonna say I wrote airbrush. my name. I um, like signed. As if I was doing my signature, because it's quite a sort of like extravagant-looking signature. Just try that. And like, know, even do... if you get like a piece of kitchen roll, which has got a pattern on it, and just oh, try yeah. to airbrush around the pattern. Yeah. So like you know, I mean, I I was watching a video of this guy, and he was he was just he was demonstrating a product, and what he he was basically reviewing a compressor and airbrush, and what he did, he had a sheet, he's got sheets of kitchen towel, as like he has down, and he just like. That's what he has is his like surface that he airbrushes on. Yeah, that's pretty good. Actually. And he was just literally just airbrushing around the shape on the kitchen towel because some of them got quite intricate shapes like spirals or or like grid oh, like crosshatch awesome. grids and stuff like that. And that will just give you the control. And you're not all you're doing is airbrushing a flat surface, and it's you know it's. But you're and you're tracing around an object as yeah. well, so. But it's no different than if you're basically doing panel lines on a tank. You're just doing it on a piece of kitchen roll. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to paint a model to, to, to practice an airbrush. You also yeah. don't even need to put paint in it. You can just put water straight for it onto a piece of like coloured um paper and just literally that's what me and Les did spray when patterns. I first tried it out. You just spray thin lines just to get the control. You, you don't even need paint in it. I think just water. The advantage of using paints though is you start to understand how the paint behaves as well. Dilution. Yeah. Because I think you can just put like water through it just to see like the trigger and stuff, but I don't think you get a lot of value out of that. It depends. Uh, yeah, it depends where you're starting out, doesn't it? When you start out, you, you gradually get. You can start in an hour, gradually get more opaque and play around with fluidity and all of that stuff. But I think probably the thing that we we've, we've all covered here is it doesn't have to be on a model and practice doing basic things in different ways. Also, it's highly unlikely you're going to pick up the airbrush and get a sweet, perfect gradient the first time you fire paint out of it. Oh, God, hell no. I didn't. I think that's a lot of people that I've spoken to over the last few years. They picked up an airbrush, they tried it, and they've gone, oh, I spent all this money on it, and it's shit. Well, not instantly a golden demon when it was. You're not. It's It's not an instant fix. This is the Yeah, it's it's an important point. It's like... um, you know, when you give someone a, like you first bought your first white dwarf, looked at the models in white dwarf, bought a paint set, got your brush out, and you're like, "Oh, I can't paint like that." One, well, no, you can't at the moment, but it's like anything. Practice yeah. understanding your mediums, um, you know, and, and, and just using it. And the thing about an airbrush is, people, there are some people as well that look down on it and go, oh, "It's easy, it's cheating, it's quick." It, it's just a it, tool. It's a tool, and the end of the day, it can be quick. It could also be really bloody faffy. But you need to... It still takes skill. It's not like you can just go, yeah, just gradient blend all this stuff up and it's fine. Because actually, to get decent blends and stuff in it, it, and you still need to use a brush. It's not like you can just throw your brushes away. 
Yeah, that's something I was going to mention. Like, just because you got this thing, it, one of the hardest things is learning learning exactly the ratio of what tasks you should always keep for a traditional brush and which ones you can do with an airbrush because you get to a stage where you're like you're masking or you're doing other stuff and you could have just got out your size one and uh and painted it all um and it would have been much faster so that's um that's a I, one. Th- I had this debate with russ last night or the night before about painting the horns on the on the grand cleaner model Definitely i could much of a debate well, I could be an mask, internal debate with you. I could mask the top of the model off, and then airbrush up all the horns and do like some sweet gradients, and then go back and wash and highlight them, and that would be super quick. But masking off the top of that model would take the best part of a couple of hours <laughs> to to like go round and mask to, all off all the horns. To do a ten minute task, yeah, yeah, and it was like, well, I could just get out my brush and and blend it by hand and not be lazy um it's not even lazy though is it it's i mean for me like the the thing that i struggle with with the airbrush is that i've been painting for so long i can get decent effects with brushes even if it's a big area or you know and actually i don't find it really any quicker to airbrush because i'm not experienced enough with the airbrush to do it quickly and good and get a similar effect with the brush. But the point is, is that because if I don't practice that, I'm never going to get better at that. Yeah. So I've got to kind of make the decision that, like, for example, some of the models that I have used an airbrush on, I've used it for base layers and I've just painted over the top of it. Like, blow up, I basically airbrushed the, the, the skin from, like, dark green on his back to almost beigey brown cream on the underside, but I didn't. I didn't just paint the details around that. I, I literally repainted the model over the top of that. It was just but a you guide used it as a guide, yeah, to where I wanted the colours to to blend, where the blend lines were going to be. And obviously, the base coat does tint the colours that go over the top of it. But I literally repainted the whole model um, several times, actually going up and down. But it's like even like my black dragon, I airbrush the the layers on that. I find like some things are just like a dr- airbrush is like a dream for it, and it's stuff like wing membranes. Yeah, big textured monster, uh, big textured monsters. All the stuff TW's good at. Yeah, yeah, like that blood first. There was a beaut to get their base colours down on. That's yeah, it. things like that. Actually, that that harks on something that I say a lot. Um... The more modern a model is, and by that I mean how it's been designed, the better it will respond to modern techniques. And by modern techniques, I mean airbrushing, washing, and dry brushing rather than traditional layering. Yeah, unless it's Harrowlass. In which case, I'll just break your heart. But, um. Your little bird. <laughs> and it's little. I've lost the bird. I tried oh, to find it. You've lost it. Yeah. Um, they'll turn up. Um, yeah, if something's been designed with CAD, the texture and layers on it will layers of detail will let you do a lot more going on those than if it was uh if it was done traditionally or it's just an old sheet metal like that is a D model um so the more modern something is the better it will respond to an airbrush as well and i think the um it's like the infinity range they redesigned how they did their models they went to 3d sculpting and actually they increased some of the surface areas to get like so you can get like better blends and stuff they actually considered the painter when they designed the model and this is not a you know this is a 
common thing that it is you know people who make models do think about this unless you're mantic and then you just yeah whatever <laughs> cool that's just a pretty full on answer I hope that's helpful if there that, are any that more was specifics a good answer yeah definitely uh, definitely ask him yeah um, we answered the shit out of that we're ace we are yeah, fucking okay. own that question. The next one is not really, well, it's kind of a request. Please make sure that you refer to Terry as Terry, please upvote my great unclean one pike. That's from James Turnham, who has a good beard. He do, he does have a pretty impressive beard. I'm slightly jealous of that beard. I can't grow facial hair for shit. I'd upvote his beard. Last, last, not, not, you can remember at Bjorn when I took part in Movember like two years ago. I and you hated that tash. Did you have a tash or? You 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 said you were disgusted by it. I can't even remember. I might have blocked out my memory. Um, I, I vaguely, I, it's coming back to me. Why have you done this? I had that. I completely had that scrubbed. I'm going to tell you memory. now. I cheated. It's like I've been abused. <laughs> I started growing that at the start of October. Fuck off. <laughs> that was two months' growth, and it Jesus. looked like about two days of someone like Steve follows. <laughs> uh, I can't grow facial hair. It's That's disgusting. Sad. That was yeah. disgusting, that moustache. I remember it now. It was I a block proper little keto tash. literally just... <laughs> it's like when you've got someone who's been abused and they block it out for their entire life. You've just literally, like, regressed me back to that moustache abuse that you put me through. <laughs> Fucking hell. But, yeah, so I'm not taking part in November, just for <laughs> this year. <laughs> so, um, Tony, who's now coming to uh, Blood and Glory, has got a couple of questions. I've been really motivated to paint up new armies since AOS. Why do you feel you guys are reluctant to start new stuff? I can probably assume for all of us it's been because we're not playing it as much and we didn't know where it was going. I don't need to start new stuff. I've got a whole demon army I've been working on for two years. I've been, I've almost been too motivated to do everything. Yeah. So there's too much I want to do, so I didn't know where to start. But then I was trying that... to do like ten armies at once. Then I was worried that I was going to do something and then it would be rendered obsolete by a release that they hadn't sort of yep. declared what they were doing. So um, I was just like, oh, I don't know, don't know, don't know. Couldn't really make my mind up. And with me, I need an event to motivate me. Yeah. So as soon as I was like, brilliant. blood and glory, elves, done yeah. on the paint wagon now. So it that it's just how I am. I can't. I, I struggle to sit down and just paint for paint's sake. I kind of need a goal. I need some objective. I um, I think that I need to go through everything I've got that I've been trying out recently and just put a load of it in a box in a cupboard and hide it so I've got less to give me, like, giddy, shiny, everything fever. Just so. You have been doing a lot of random stuff lately. Yeah, I've been learning things and forgetting other things, but, uh, like... I just should hide everything that's not an elf currently, I think. I think that's a safe bet. That does help <laughs> on a project, to be honest. I tidied up my hobby room the other day to to basically get rid of a lot of the stuff that was just in my face all the time. Yep, um, agreed. Especially I'm doing it in, a, in an apartment rather than a house. I don't have much room. I've got one table with a lot of crap on it. Yeah, and you have a housemate still. So yeah, naughty, naughty Canadian type. Naughty Canadian. Um, Tony also asks, what event would you like to see mixed in doubles, teams, different comps, etc.? Hey, I don't get that one. So I don't what, really get that question. What event would you like to see mixed in doubles, teams, different comps? I don't. Does he mean like what event in the year we'd like? Is to he see? saying what type of event would we like to see? And then he's listed yeah. a type, a load yeah. of types. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think the yeah. team event is going to be really good at Firestorm. Just everything should be a team event most of the time, mm. unless they got stale. <laughs> it shouldn't. I, I like a variety. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited for the South Coast pack, which that's modest of you. Well, no, just because it's I can write it, so it's it's kind of every time we I write well, we sort of write the South Coast pack. Is it's it's the event we want to play it at that time. Yep. So I'm excited about writing it because it's the the Clash comp because Mo put the work in, and other TOs are just saying, "Oh, we use that because it's easy." Um, it's kind of gonna get old very quickly. Yep. And actually, even if you just use the pools, there's no reason why you can't do your own scenarios or your own scoring system. You don't yeah, have to copy it like all the way through. Like you can use the pool costs for the army selection, but I'd like people to mix it up a little bit. Um, I have done like a a draft document which has just got some ideas in it that I I did send over to Amit, but I think it's a bit late in the day for that. And I think that's the problem is that it it's people who are running events in November and stuff haven't. I don't know what Leggy's doing for Sheffield. But rush. I I don't know if he's just going to go yeah Clash Comp. You know, to be honest, it's it's a little bit lazy. Variety's a spice of life, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd like to see something different to Clashcom. Um, I'm quite excited about Bjorn, which Tony's actually running because he's allowing multi armies. That's the big thing, isn't it? That's what sets it apart from the others. And and yeah, I mean, I mean, for South Coast, and we'll I'll probably talk about it after we do these questions. Actually, I've got some a little bit of a snippet of teaser stuff I can go through. There you cool. go. Lovely. So, next question is, um, can any of you ever paint a mini to less than your best, or is that anathema to your hobby? What does yes. that mean? It means, okay. is it, it basically means, can you paint a model, or is it like the anathema, basically, you're saying that it's like the, the antithesis of what you want to do. Oh, it's like cool. the complete, it's like the bane of your hobby, so it's it's sort of like you you just don't you never do it because it's like no I'm hobby man yeah um, um, yes is the answer well everything I do is to lessen my best because I am a hobby man and I'm never satisfied <sighs> I've done it since I started playing fantasy there we go because <laughs> I've not finished anything I've literally put base colors and washes on things and chucked it on the table There's... just so that I can run the armies I want I think and this is something I. I've had disagreements with other painters. You never, you never stop competing with yourself with painting. So if you're painting a model, you might be pleased with it, but you never think that's the best I could ever do. No, because you can always learn. That long. But I can quite happily paint a model to a lower level than what I can achieve. I find it quite refreshing sometimes. Um, I enjoy my demons. Yeah, and and sometimes it's just from necessities where I do it, mostly. It's just I don't have the time. Um, now, I do I do have an issue with, like, for me, a model's not... It's not finished-finished. I've just done it quickly to get on the table. But my standard of table standard, quick on the table standard, is is actually pretty high. Just compared to some other people's, but I, 
it, that does annoy me. Like, I'm not a massive fan of that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that that model, once you put the model down, doesn't mean you can never go back to it or you yeah. can't finish it. It's, I, I tend to, if I'm painting models to a lower level to what I want it to be, I'm doing it so I can go back and finish it later. Yeah. Not that I, um, I might, I might not actually ever touch it again. But sometimes you just need to do it because actually you spend longer on things than you should, and the finished army will look perfectly good even if you're not satisfied yeah. with things on the individual level. Like the reason my demons got done is because I started doing them as an army to sell, and then I decided to keep them because I liked how they played after a couple of games, um, and because I'd I'd accidentally set the standard lower than I would have normally accepted for myself. I had an army that I could get done fast and it, mm-hmm. like it wasn't a bad looking army um and i learned possibly more doing that army than i have doing any other one so i think sometimes pushing yourself out of the comfort zone even if it is in a in that sense if you are a, a fairly in-depth painter generally can actually be really really beneficial yeah and i think it, it's kind of adapting to, to your situation like when i did my vampires the vampires were done quickly and they were dipped and point is is that they still look really good and they've won painting prizes um when i went back and did a bit a little bit more work to them and added some units that actually when i went back to the army to add units it was exciting because i could knew i could get it done because i i didn't have to match a ridiculously high standard whereas yep. conversely with the l's intimidating i'm I'm painted, they're individually painted to a lot higher standard than I probably would bother now. Um, and the problem is, is that that's great, but when you've got to paint 60 models, that's not so good. Um, and actually to add, I found it with my warriors, to add to that army was, was like painting three dragon ogres took like three days. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's fine because, I'm really happy with them. Like the Dragon Ogre is probably my favourite unit in the army. But did they need to be done to that level? Did they need to be quite that level? Probably not. And the thing is, when you're pushing for, is there's diminishing returns. So you could have had them 90% of that level and maybe taken half the time rather than 50% of the time. Yeah, and also so. that a lot of people don't appreciate the level. That or just the like the thing with bits of clock stuck on it or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Why not? Same. Potentially not worth it. I like it. Um, so that was from Age of the Spidey King. Let's just say his name. Um, Rich Payne is asking us, uh, what is your single... Rich okay. uh What's your single favourite paint? Um, mine used to be hot turquoise, but I might be, I might be upgrading <laughs> it to Adriatic Blue or Caribbean Blue, because they're both fucking gorgeous. Um that's me done. Mine was frostbite, and it's probably P three. Yeah, yeah, oh, I love that colour as well. It's probably going to now be <gasps> pallid witch flesh. Oh, interesting. Because I've used just... that a lot on my um my my Nurgle and my warriors. Um, is that your consistent highlight colour? Yeah, it is. It is on my my Nurgle. Yeah, um, it it's not. On my my frostbite was my go-to color for my warriors, uh, my black warriors. Um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, uh, but there's other. It's hard. Mine's turquoise. It's not hard. Caribou um, crimson. 
there's ones that you love just because they do what they do so well. So even like my favorite color as a color is something turquoise, but in terms of practical application of paint and just how fucking well they go down, uh, silver from Vallejo Game Air is ungodly good. It just one coat coverage, instant, super shiny, brilliant. And Mephiston Red from GW Air as a paint is probably one of the most individually impressive paints. And there's a few like that out there. Uh, Army Paint of Soft Tone as well is just something I can't live without. Mm, I'm going to go Anthonian Camo Shade. It's is a, a great one. wash for Nurgle. Oh, I love it. Um, squid Pink. <laughs> Good answer. Fucking love Squid Pink. Lovely. All my horrors were base coated with Squid Pink, and I go back to Squid Pink for a lot of stuff. Squid Pink is on all my new basing, and it's available in Game Air and Game Color. So just win win. Oh, actually, Sanguine Base. Oh, that's a good shout. P3 do a lot of really good standout colours. I, I actually, in terms of paint range, I think P3 is probably one of the best out there. It's it's the one I you predominantly use. I just don't think there's enough variation in the range now to be a sole. I only use P3. Yeah, because I expanded my GW range recently a bit, because I didn't really buy a lot of the new... I love the, they redid them. the new ones, I love them. But my favourite new colours are Zandri Dust, Ishapti Bone, XV88, Screaming Skull, and Death World Forest. They're my just new colours. There's colors just too many. Like, there's too so many paints in the GW incredible. range that are amazing. Like even Stegalon Scale Green, I love that. Um, yeah, I, Temple Guard Blue's nice. Screamer Pink's really nice. Um... I like some of the the edge paints quite good. Um, I, I don't know, like you know, Doomball Brown. I mean, Gorefall Brown. Yeah, GW Brown. Stone, Bay Bay Brown. Really any Brown from GW. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I actually quite like um, Tuscal Fur as a highlight to red. There's there's loads. The, 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 literally, like the DW range, I love it. Um, apart from the metallics. I think the metallic Oh, I just started to use. Um, what was it? Balfasar Gold. I just started to use. I actually really like it. Balfasar Gold's a good colour, yeah. But I just find that the actual. The metallics are a little bit fussy. Yes, I would agree. Um, like actually, I probably should have used Retributor on my high algebra here. Um, yeah. It requires very little of you, doesn't it? It's, um, it's an outstanding paint. Um, to. To round it out then, and we kind of covered this recently, do either of you think anyone out there makes a white that's actually good? I like Morrow White on P3. Yeah, that's the white I'm using. Yeah, that's the one I use, Morrow White. I'm going to end up saying like Rakal Fetch, which isn't even white. Army Paint is white, I actually think is really good for highlighting. Have you used P3 paint? Um, I've tried them out. I don't own any. Because I find... If you want like an off-white, like men off-white base and highlight, uh, yeah, beautiful. men off's a nice one. But yeah, Morrow's the one I use. That's that's nice. A GW whites can suck a dick. Yeah, they're wank. As is their white spray. Actually, I hate it. Really powdery, and I don't get along with it. The white spray oh. is fine for me. I, I don't yeah. have an issue with it. I've had real problems with it. Actually, their black is the best. 
Chaos Black is the best undercoat in the world. And then, on yeah. that note, um, oh, this is this. I think this one's for you, Ross. Just so, watch Mantic World Order paint. Yeah, which which King's War model are you most looking forward to painting? Are you guys looking forward to painting the most? <coughs> um, right. I haven't looked at this range for a long time. Let's have a look. There are actually a couple of really good ones. I actually, some of the models I actually quite like, but the issue I have is that they're cast in shit, so I don't want to touch them. Um, like the plas- like the the rustic thing is just, oh, just horrific. Um, let's have a quick look. Uh, okay, so the one I would instantly pick out, um, and he's a is one of my heroes a bit, but Tommy Saul did a beautiful job on their elf dude who's got the the crown that's got no eyes. Um it's he's a he's a dude standing there with like classic looking elven armor with a spear in the air. And um it's the only model of their elf range that I like, but it's actually a really cool model. It's got a lot of character. They've got a few necromantic dudes who are who are pretty solid. Um have they not got some new werewolves as well? They are not a good kit to put together. No. They got holes in their shoulders. Mm. Oh. I actually do have that Morgoth the faceless model. Because uh, I, I did actually do some. Some of the characters are cool. I mean, I, you know, I don't mind that. Like, as much as I, I rag on them, like, I understand what they're doing and stuff, but I just don't like the way they're trying to jump on. Another company to to try and make money. That's the only thing I the issue I have. I'd rather they just went, look at our game, isn't it cool? Look at our models. Oh, Kings of War than... is Kings of War is gaining some traction. Like you've got to give them credit for sticking to their guns. Um, mm. It's uh, it's definitely developing a following. I think someone put out a tweet recently saying like, can we just stop bagging on other gaming systems? Not not yeah. to us, but a, yeah. a general one on Twitter. Um, yeah, which, exactly. Like, I completely agree with. I think it was Chris no, Appleford. It was Chris Appleford because he followed up with the tweet about um, people who, what is it? People who um, enjoy other people's events failing can go suck yeah. a D. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, honestly, yeah. I mean, that that's the biggest issue I had with Mantic is that they were kind of like reveling in, in like the the perceived failure of Games Workshop, and I just kind of thought, why do you even need to do that? It just made me disappointed. I think it's more because I. I had a bit of um, exposure to like Ronnie in terms of like I'd met him and chatted to him and stuff, and I've actually painted some models for their website as well. Um, not that I don't think they're still on there anymore, but yeah, I did the old the um, undead cavalry, but I don't know if they're still on there. I think they've redone the models in plastic or rustic, but I had the, um, the sort of the undead white cavalry. Oh no, they are still revenant cavalry. Mm-hmm. But I think um, he got Gollum to paint a unit of ten. I did five basically, and I think he and got he Gollum to do. And then I think um, Mikey emailed me and asked me what colours I used and stuff. But um, unfortunately, I had to paint in blue and red. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Next so, question. I think that is it. There's just some people discussing. Other gaming systems. Those are some good questions, though. Um, I like being asked questions. They uh, stuff we wouldn't think of ourselves a lot of the time. Um, if anyone's got questions about whether we could do certain types of content, that'd be cool. We've got good feedback about the painting stuff we we cover in general. Um, this one was 
kind of bits and bobs of everything. Um, but uh, yeah, if there are any specific things, like if someone wants to know how to produce an army in a week, or I don't know, like the fastest ways to paint like red, green, and blue, um, as in recipes or anything like that, they're they're more than welcome to ask. Or a general a general recipe of sequencing for how to paint every model under the sun, because these things do actually exist. Um, there are some really good rules of thumb, whether you're new or experienced, that I think probably all of us use in, in various ways and shapes and forms. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just let us know if you want us to talk about something. Cool. Good one we're here. But I, I'd probably touch a little bit on the South Coast GT pack. But yeah. Yeah, go for it. So, um, South Coast GT pack, um, we were talking about trying to do a more story-based focused pack. Uh, Wayne was keen to sort of try and embrace the sort of the this the more sort of narrative driven Age of Sigmar vibe, uh, which you know we and Dan sort of agree with. The only issue we had is we didn't want to go too far away from what South Coast GT is, and that is a competitive tournament. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we weren't going away and doing more like a campaign weekend. So we we still want to keep it as a t- tournament so yeah it's gotta be a tournament we um what i decided to do is that you we will have like a bit of fluff for the stories a little bit like the scenarios out of the books where they they sort of do a little bit of like if you don't want to fight this historical refight or whatever it is you could be doing blah 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 like a little bit of like flavor text just to give you a bit of hobby inspiration and sort of when you get to the table with your opponent if you're that way inclined you could sort of talk through the the scenario and go, oh yeah, we could, do, you know, this will be really cool and blah. But anyway, um, so basically, we're going to be doing six games. It's only going to be Age of Sigma. We're not doing eighth or ninth. The decision to, um, in terms of army selection, we're going to be using a pool-based system, but not the clash system. Um, and what I mean by that is that we're probably going to take the clash pools. And what we found is actually there isn't enough difference between because the numbers are so low, like having a one and having another one and another one and another one, to go down to a 0.5 is too much of a decrease, but to go up to 1.5 is too much of an increase. But actually there's no difference between the ones, so you've got some ones that become a no-brainer. Yeah, Leary and Reavers. Yeah, but then they shouldn't be one anyway, they should be at least 1.5. but some of the units become, like, for example, Phoenix Guard, Swordmasters, White Lions. Swordmasters are a bit of a no-brainer um, for a, a, attack and de- Phoenix Guard for defence. So you, you basically, White Lions, you'd never take them. because Yeah, no... which is weird because they used to be the <laughs> the choice. But they're all right. I mean, they're not terrible. They're just not... They don't they're have not, the synergy. They good. don't have some of the special rules that... At the end of the day, Phoenix Guard have got a four up, basically invulnerable save. Um, they they've got the same attack, hit, and wound characteristics, and they've got some other special rules as well. But, you know, White Lions have a special rule about shooting, but it's not it's not the same. It's not nowhere near as good. No. Um, so basically, what we're going to do is uh, actually what I'm going to do is double the pulls. Yep. And then it gives us a wider range. So um, probably going to double the double everything as a baseline, and then adjust it up and down. Um, I think 
that's that at the moment that's where I'm leaning, but it might we might even change that. Um we're gonna remove things like four characters and all that kind of stuff. That's all Two gonna monsters. come out. Yeah, I think that's already out of the clash of It might actually be already out now, yeah. Um but we're basically gonna remove all of that. Um Shoot and we're cap. just gonna well, I haven't decided yet. We're talking about doing it based on um so I've got a couple of options. One, well, that is one option for, for characters or stuff if we're going to do it. But actually, what I mean is, is that your shooting cap isn't a cap, but the more shooting you have, the more pool choices it uses up. Yeah, okay. So you have a kind of arbitrary shot cap, but if you go over it, you you start to have to use like sacrifice pool choices to to increase it. Um, yeah. Okay. The other option is to just pull cost the units appropriate. The only issue with that is you have to do a a cost increase on multiples of the same units. Um, so we were f- sort of thinking if you're going to spam the unit, then you, you get penalised, but then we don't really want to discourage themed armies. And I think Dan made a very good point when we were talking about this, is that actually the game's too new to really restrict people and it shouldn't be about yeah. restricting people so I think what we're probably going to do is not worry too much about the comp in terms of what people can, like if people can break it fine, um, I think there definitely has to be a shot cap um, but you know the how that's going to interact is if you want to do all shooting in your army that's fine but it will be a small army. deploy down uh, it's just the nature of it um, but the point is, is that we want to. We're going to run scenarios. The scenarios are going to be basically we're we we're not 100% on this yet, but it's probably going to be win loss draw. Okay. So it's just going to be did you do the mission? Yes or no. There won't be victory points. There will be kill points, which will be how many pool choices you destroy based on a on a tiebreak. But that won't be your main tiebreaker. Um, there you will be secret se- missions. There will be secret yeah, missions. Yeah, nice. Um, but with a twist. Right. So, because we're trying to increase the kind of the story aspect of it, um, one of the ideas I've had is uh, is to have like these hidden agenda cards, and what they are is they are your secret mission, but they're going to be faction based. So there'll be four charts: so order, death, destruction, and chaos. Your cards will basically have a number on it that corresponds to that chart, so everyone will get like a one to six card. Um, you can use the missions once in the event, just like normal. But what you can do during the game is you can use the secret mission to give you a bonus, but you automatically fail that mission. So you fail your secret mission, but if the bonus lets you win the main mission, then that's the sacrifice you've got to take. Yeah, the own it's almost like a special command ability is probably where I'm going to go with it, right, which okay. will mean your general needs to be alive. So you can stop them being able to pull something like that out of the hat because you can kill their general. Yeah. So it just gives a little bit more sort of level of uncertainty, and these you know to give you an idea of not decided everything, they might be to. Um, you know, cool down a strike force of Stormcast Eternals might be one of the 
the cards. Um, and what I'm probably going to do is make the missions that are the hardest to complete have the weakest effects, and the missions that are easiest to complete have the best effects. Okay. Because obviously that plays out on your... Okay, so the mission that's hardest is if you if you burn that, then because you're more likely to burn that because you're probably not going to do it, it's going to give you a weaker effect. So that's yeah. probably how I'm going to try and aim it. They're trying to going to be themed around the factions, so the chaos stuff will probably be very, um, very kind of aggressive and probably have a downside. Um, probably destruction more, to be honest, on that. Um, order will be very defensive-based. Um, you know, th- there's going to be... I'm going to try and sit down and try and capture the flavour of the factions, um, rather yeah. than just all being the same. So your faction choice will have a different set, and that obviously does mean I've got to balance them. Um, so that's another issue that I've got to think about, but you know, that's down to... If I do end up with a generic set of missions, that's probably because I struggle for that bit, but... Yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, so it's not going to be anything untoward. We might do. We're gonna. I'm gonna come up with my own terrain war scrolls. So what will be basically is you'll be able to pick four bits of terrain. Um, whether or not we go down the, you've got to have these three and a special one. But the 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 it won't just be plus one save. They each thing will have its own effect. So like buildings, ruins. Yeah, we talked about this before. They'll have we? its own special. Sc- like set of rules for South Coast, um, uh, you know, because some of the special terrains got really silly rules, which are a bit too powerful. Well, all of the standard faction, uh, the standard terrain like Dreadstone Blight and things like that have crazy, yeah, rules. So what we'll probably just do a generic set, um, and then maybe just some of the Age of Sigmar terrain. Um, I would quite like to see people using like realm gates and things like that. It'd be quite cool. But, um, yeah. The the idea is is that we might we might even do some um, like some of the scenarios will probably be um, set in certain realms as well. Um, yeah. So we we I'm going to scour the books that I've got because I've got all the the main books thus far, and I'm going to read through and basically try and capture some of the flavour out of the book so if so that there are some optional rules that you know you've got like the demon summoning thing and you've got like the plane of fire there's all the stuff to do with like the plane ash clouds and, and things like that and the the, the, the geysers erupting and things like that so I'm going to c- try and capture some of that in the pack but I don't know how much I can do I don't want to make it too complicated I don't want to make it too wacky or zany but I want it. It needs to be fun, and and hopefully people will want to play it. Um, so we'll see. Um, the other thing as well is the painting competition will run again. Yep, that was a brilliant part of last. So we last south coast. We're probably going to expand that out slightly. So their categories will probably be more generic, like it'll be single miniature. So if you want to bring like an infinity model or a forty k model, it doesn't matter. It's a single like character infantry size, you know, like generic yeah. man sized, a monster, single monster. So do it more like the old golden demon categories, you know, like vehicle diorama, because at the end of the day, like people are playing a lot of different games and stuff. And I hope people will come down if they, because a lot of the people on the scene, obviously we have 200 players, still got their armies, they haven't sold them. Come yeah. down, 
just throw some models around, even if you're not doing it, the game's pretty good, give it a chance, uh, join in the painting competition and just hang out. And, you know, at the end of the day, we'd rather get the people there in the atmosphere. And, you know, that's why we're not going to restrict bases, really. Yeah. But we will do our own set of house rules. Um, so it'll be measured to bases, and I talked already about the, the kind of working around that, um, the, the reach thing. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Leading with that, yeah. But, I'm I'm going whatever you know. It's going to be a laugh. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping the pack we can get a draft out. Um, I would like to say after Christmas. I want to say early December, a draft. It probably won't be out. Out. It'll just be amongst us um, in terms of people that we might consult or or show. Um, I think it'll be Jan will be the first release of the pack. Yeah. So early January. Um, subject to change most likely. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. But that's no, cool. Yeah, it's quite a lot of work because it's it's you don't have to write a, a tournament pack. You've got to write an army selection and a house rules pack as well because um, GW haven't obviously done anything like that. So you've got to do it yourselves. Yeah. So I don't really want to go down the road of just copying Mo's independent. Well, that's not just Mo, is it? It's the group of people that were involved with that. I had yeah. some input in that myself, but I would like to actually build on that and and make the South Coast unique because obviously we like to be sort of trendsetters in a way we like yeah. to do our own thing um, well hopefully it will be a good pack and then people will pick it up for events as well so it'll add a bit more variety yeah and you know hopefully it will it will add to the the variety out there like you say and it'll be good in terms of maybe getting people a bit more excited about the game because at the moment you know we are playing we're not playing Age of Sigma Age of Sigma we're playing um, Clash well Independent comp ages in well, so yeah, it's a little bit like I'm not I'm not kidding it to etc rules, but it's a little bit the same, isn't it? Yeah, and like Bjorn, yeah, where it's just, you know the way the the game the armies are made. Yeah, I mean it's still it is still the same pack, but you know it's fine. Um, I'd just like to see. I'd be really interested to see what they do with Aegon if they're running that as Asia Sigma. Yeah. Because I'm sure they could do something really cool with it, but because they tend to do quite interesting things, but yeah, definitely. Not even sure if they're they're playing. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Probably be up in the Lake District there, wouldn't it? So yeah, bit of a trek. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, but I think that probably wraps up this yeah. show. I guess it's a show or a mini soda. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a bit long for a mini vote, but is there anything you want to um you want to talk about? No, I'm I'm pretty happy with how things are going. Um, so you're gonna do a tournament review with Amit after? London's yeah, call-in? I'm gonna do a sort of after London's calling. Get Amit, maybe just see who else is about that maybe wants to come on little little guest appearance, you know. But I want to get Amit on so he can discuss how London's calling went and what you know whether they'll do another Age of Sigma event in the future and. Just sort of get a feel for where yeah. where that might be going. Do you think um, 
I mean, do you think, is Steve Follows going? Is he about? Yeah, yeah, Steve's coming along. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see you podiums, won't we? So. Yeah. How do you feel your chances are? Um, I think if I was taking my Zinch gunline list, I think I'd have a pretty good shout at at podiuming. With this list, I think it, there's going to be some alakifs and stuff floating around. I just don't think I've got the amount of mortal wounds to take something like that off in this list. But we'll see. Um, it's, it's not a soft army. No, I mean, your, your army's horrible, really, isn't it? I mean... It, it just depends if people figure out how to play against it before I, you know... The thing is, even like Malak, if you don't really need to kill him, you just got to keep the objectives. You just throw six plague drones into him and... Pin him. And just hold him up. Yeah. Because they'll grind him slowly to the point where he'll get weaker they probably won't kill him but then he's not going to kill anything else he's stuck there yeah well you can well this is the the point isn't it people don't tend to use you could just retreat yeah because that's something that I don't think people use enough like you could retreat out that combat and then pin the drones with something in your go then Malak is free the next turn yeah but you know coulda woulda shoulda yeah, yeah, just like Beast of Nurgle. They can flee from a combat and then charge back into a different one. Can they? Yeah, they can flee and then charge in the same turn. Wow. I didn't realise that. Yeah. I didn't realise they had that rule. That's good. Yeah, they can run and charge. Yeah. And they can retreat and charge in the same turn. I knew they could run and charge. I didn't realise they could do the second bit. Yeah. Hmm, now, now I've said that, I need to You get to check, check it now, don't you? Yeah, I'm sure that's what I've read. Um, Are you going to be like egg on your face now? Nah, I'm pretty confident. I've I've have read through the uh, <laughs> the War Scrolls a little bit for demons. I've, I've not read that much, but um, I'm pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> but yeah, then the following weekend got a bit of reading. Yeah, they Warfare can. show. Ran or retreated. Um, yeah. So yeah, following week Reading event, uh, which you're coming along to, aren't you, to hang out and? Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm just gonna yeah, go come, and um, yeah. referee um, and Eighth hang edition. about and go. Well, <laughs> they'll be like, "What do I do here?" Don't know. Roll the dice in it. Just roll the dice. So yeah, you just pile in, don't you? How just do I in. align this combat? Just push it in. Just push it in. Bases. What yeah. phase are you? You in hero phase? <laughs> Have you got a double uh, turn? Or what? Yeah. Double turn. What? Eight I, I might. I might just get my combat gauge out and be like inch away, inch away. <laughs> yeah, but no. So that'll be a laugh. It's good. Um, there's eight and AOS at that, so it'd be a good good group of people there. And then the following week is uh, Blood and Glory. That's come around so bloody quick. I oh, don't. I've still got loads to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Hard times. There you Hard go. Times. But I'm looking forward to Blood and Glory. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. And the fact that we can all go out and have uh, some good food in the evening as well, just hang out, all of us. Well, minus Les. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame Les isn't going to be there, but can't have it all. Can't have it all. Right, I think that wraps it up. So we'll um, we'll do a show with the London's Calling guys, or at least Terry will do a report on what happened. Yeah. Um, we'll obviously both be at Reading and we'll do a show about that as well. Me, from more of an overview point of view, I might try and watch some of the top table games and see what lists people are running. 
Um, and obviously we're going to have the Blood and Glory show rundown, which should be a big one. So there's a lot of going to be a lot of gaming tournament reviews coming out soon. Um, and then obviously going into Christmas, we'll probably do a hobby Christmas-related show and start talking about Masters maybe and Sheffield yeah. and South Coast uh, pack. And yeah, on from there, there'll be Firestorm Fours, Firestorm team event. Which leader. is also running a ninth age event now as, as a side event. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got 34 players or something signed up for that already. Fair enough. So that that should be a really jam-packed event if there were 10-odd teams signed up, plus, you know, that's nearly 100 people already, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking forward to that one. So, yeah, yeah plenty, plenty of shows coming out. So I know we had a little bit of a, um, a lull in our release, but there's going to be plenty coming out. So uh, watch this space, and hopefully you'll hear from us again shortly. All right. Bye. Bye.